0: This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash The Tokunet <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yasin, and I am joined by Josh. Hello, everybody. Katie.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: And Brody. Hi there. How's everybody doing? Oh, pretty
3: good. I'm unfortunately, or pleasantly, depending on how you look at it, I've developed a, uh, a uh, habit of picking up sodos from my local uh asian markets so oh, i've boy. just been spending a lot of time putting candy toys together you should talk to mal about that yeah i was about to say i should
1: <laughs> i haven't got one of those yet i need to get one of those
3: there there it's just you know some people do sudoku other people build like lego uh kits i i do this and it's relaxing this is where i get my piece
1: that's fair I should probably do that because, I mean, I get figures all the time, and then but it's like, you know, you get it, and then you pose it, and then that's kind of it. There's, like, no real ceremony with it. Well, the good thing is that they're, they're pretty much in scale with a
3: bunch of other action figures, so you can be that guy having Batman get beat up by Zero-One,
4: if you so choose. <laughs> <laughs> or if
2: you start popping some heads off, then it gets real crazy.
4: I really wanted that, like, anime-style Izu figure that was, like, Oh man, it was a gashapon oh, yeah. sort of thing. And I'm still i looking for one. Yeah, I I want I wanted that one so that I could buy the SH Figure Arts for zero 01 cuz honestly, I feel like the the gashapon Izu just looks so much better than the uh I the, agree. The SH figures cuz it's a little creepy honestly the way they tried to recreate her face.
2: I'm a sucker for the plushies, honestly. I love the plushies that they put out every year. They're so cute, and they're the perfect size. So I usually buy, like, four.
4: So I don't ever buy plushies, but I have all six Majors sitting up on my bed right now. Uh,
2: (laughs) My good sir, you buy plushies. I have to tell you. Yeah.
4: Unfortunately. (laughs) They're they're so sparkly. I never buy plushies, but I have six of them right now. (laughs) I, I don't. Okay, I never buy plushies, except for this one time that I bought plushies. So you bought plushies. I did. It's all good. For the first time. I'm a little
3: jealous. You got the plushies, uh Kaylin, just like a week or so back, she got Kidame Yellow's gamer jersey, the Spark of Bullet team. Ooh. Nice wow. sweet. Like I, I'm like, oh man, I should have gotten me one.
2: I'm still so shocked that we have an e gamer as a Sentai hero. Like that's
3: wild. He he speaks for me. That's hilarious. I never would
2: have <laughs> guessed that would have been something that we'd see.
4: <laughs> oh, I mean, man, it, yeah. it does make sense. I, I I love it, personally. Oh, yeah, totally. I was trying to figure out what game they used as the game in Kita Major. Oh, it's Tekken.
2: A very 2020 esque career, if I do say so. It's true. An e gamer.
1: And he shines while he does it. Wasn't uh, XA technically an e gamer at some point?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he was. He was a gamer ten- It's always Tekken. Gamer. Genius <laughs> gamer, M. And-
3: because Toei has a thing with Bandai Namco, and the only thing they have going for them as far as their shows go is Tekken. Oh, you have a character who plays a video game? It's Tekken.
2: Oh, and Pac Man.
3: I take it back. There's the There's the dream or the 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 uh, where they're fighting the evil them in Kira Major a couple episodes back. They were playing like Monster Hunter. Yeah, and they were looking over at uh, Kitame Yellow for a second. So I was like, what? They got a different game?
4: Yeah, it looked like Monster Hunter.
1: Which I don't understand how Monster Hunter is a
4: e game, but we'll. It's get into not. That. <laughs> it's you're, not. See, here's the thing. Here's the problem. We 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 paused it at that part to figure out the game. No one is supposed to pause it. They're you're supposed to just register that it's a game and you're fighting something. Well, I that. mean
1: that's just the state of <laughs> that's all not TV. what we do. That's just not, yeah.
4: I know. I know. It's we have <sighs> to know. Inquiring minds have to know. <laughs> I look. <laughs> I tried to figure it out, you tried to figure it out. We we all did it.
1: <laughs> but we'll talk we'll talk about Kira Major. Uh in this episode of Tokenet Podcast to bring it all back, uh we're going to be doing a twenty twenty year review for Tokusatsu. Twenty twenty was is a mess of a year. It's still going. It's insane. But and as far as Tokusatsu goes, it's been Interesting to say the least, as far as Tokusatsu goes. So we'll go through and we'll talk about you know what's been happening as far as you know globalization of Tokusatsu, the availability of Tokusatsu around the world. Uh, we'll also talk about the shows that have been going come out this year, uh, which means we're going to be spoiling everything. So if you haven't watched it, go watch these shows and then come back and listen to this podcast. So the shows that we're going to talk about are Re: Soldier. Uh Dogangers, Comrade one Kira Major, Garo VR, Ultraman Z, and Comrade Saber. Let's just get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk about what's been going on as far as like uh, access to tokusatsu this year because it's been a whole lot of stuff.
2: It's been wild. I mean, the fact that I can go like I for instance, I just went on a little mini vacation and I booked an Airbnb and they had mm-hmm. a Roku stick where you could just turn on Pluto TV. And I was able to watch some old Ultraman on my vacation on the TV. And it was really, really nice.
1: That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, um, I think it it kind of, I mean, we've been ha- we've had little things here and there, but this year specifically has been like just an onslaught. So like in late last year is when we started to get the Ultraman Blu-rays. From Mill Creek. Mm-hmm. And it's our our first official Blu-rays for Ultraman. And I believe so far we've gotten uh let's see. a lot. Uh we've gotten a lot. Yeah. Ultra cute. I've got Ultraman. I'm looking at
3: all of them right here. They're sitting right next to me as we speak.
1: Yeah, I have I kinda have them all over my house because I'm just like, oh I'm gonna put this one here and it's gonna I'm gonna watch this and then I just kinda leave it downstairs. Uh but yeah, as of right now, we have uh, Ultra Q, Ultraman '66, Return of Ultraman, uh, Ultraman Taro, Ultraman Ace, Ultra I Seven. I saw Rube
2: in bus- Best Buy yesterday. That was crazy.
1: That's insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. the, the the new generation stuff we have is uh Ultraman Orb, Ultraman Jeed, Ultraman Ginga, and Ginga S, uh, Ultraman Rube, and X X, X Ultraman X. Yeah.
4: I loved Jeed. I watched Jede for the first time this year on All right
1: I
3: know I've been mentioning before, but i uh, I finally got around to watching Orb this year, and it's like 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 I said before, I can't believe I waited so long to watch it because
1: mm-hmm. it's so good <laughs> yeah, 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 I love that show i'm uh rewatching Ultraman x with a friend right now uh-huh uh, so I've been watching that slowly, but I also. Uh, watched the original Ultraman for the first time. Uh even though ah. even though I had the uh previous Blu-ray D V D release, like from like it's been like seven I don't know, I picked it up like seven eight years ago. It's it's been out for a minute. It's been out for longer than that. Yeah, but I I remember trying to watch it and it just didn't look good. It wasn't good quality. Uh, Mm -hmm. So watching this one is very refreshing and I just like kind of went through it. Uh, You can actually listen to the review of the podcast of of it on our podcast that as of this recording just came out. Um, But yeah, like uh, even though there's there's, I've I've heard there's been some criticisms on, you know, some of the quality, which I think kind of comes with the territory of uh, releases sometimes. But overall, Mill Creek's been kind of killing it with these Blu-rays like i love the quality of the (laughs) at least the packaging is like really the packaging
3: is top notch it's what (laughs) we wish we could see out of a physical writer release should that ever happen oh my god yeah as of us recording this it is a week less than a week before thanksgiving right and i don't know i can only hope by christmas something changes but we i'm still waiting for something physical
1: yeah um yeah so as of right now uh, well Earlier this year, uh, Shout Factory announced that they were doing a channel, a new channel called Toku Shoutsu, and it was going to be on Pluto, and I think it's, what, it's like, there's like a bunch of other
4: places that it's on, right? Uh, so so Toku Shoutsu is mainly a channel on Pluto TV, right. but they also have been doing like releases of the shows that they feature on Toku in places like Verve um and Tubi, and tu- Tubi TV Tubi um, TV yeah yeah I don't know if there's I don't know what others there are but those are the main outlets that I point to when I'm telling people where to go watch these shows I watched I started watching the ori- so when Tokushatsu got announced this was probably one of my first few days working from home because this was right as the pandemic was hitting the, oh, the state right right, right. So, yeah a, and and so everything was starting to be really awful as it had, as it was for a lot of people in 2020 but honestly like look, like from that moment forward 2020 has been an amazing year for Tokusatsu if for no other reason than for the fact that we got not only the first for the first time localized officially subtitled original Kamen Rider from, what was it, 1971? Um, yeah,
3: 1971,
4: But also yeah. Kuga. And also uh, Hey Say Generations Forever got a massive premiere that uh, Nicole, our editor-in-chief, was part of.
1: Oh yeah, she was on the stream, yeah.
4: Yeah. That's right, yes. So, like, uh, she was talking with a number of other people who are currently doing great work in that space. And then... Immediately following that stream, they had a message from uh, Waz's actor, from Gio, to he delivered a really cool message. And then he was like, oh, and I'm signing this Beyond Driver and we're going to give it away. So please enjoy. And it was, it was just a really cool message to fans in the States for like, for like the first time on that kind of scale. And yeah. the night that that movie premiered was personally. I know I am jumping around a bit, so I was talking about Common Rider on Tokushatsu, But that night that that movie premiered was my favorite night of the year. I have to say because every, it felt like everyone was watching. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but like a ton of people in the fandom were watching. At one point, there were there was like well over a thousand. How how many did you do you think were watching? I can't remember honestly.
2: I feel like it was at least a thousand.
4: Yeah. yeah it was definitely at least over a thousand people watching Lightshoot, concurrently yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be straight up though. I, I was kind of
3: underwhelmed at the number considering how many people were so happy about it going in. Like, don't get me wrong. The chat was going nuts. And even though 90%, I want to say, at least from the people I could see in the chat that I could recognize, Oh, I know your name. Yeah. I'd yeah, yeah. seen it already. Uh, cause like, like, we've been over it. Come on, it wasn't a new movie. And we all know how we know about it. Uh, it was still something to experience, this communal thing of actually being able to come together and watch this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminds me of that old quote from The Simpsons when uh, Grandpa Simpson in the past is talking about the first Super Bowl. If we don't watch this thing, it might not make it. So that's that's <laughs> what we were doing. We're out there yeah. supporting this thing to show, hey, we're here and we're happy to be experiencing mm-hmm. this amongst other people. And then you end up ending the movie, and then you have like James Gunn of all people, you know, the guy who directed Guardians
1: of the Galaxy, yeah, uh, tweeting, "Oh, I'm so happy people are talking about Common Rider. and we're like, oh, "Yeah, that's me. the thing." It, yeah. it, it randomly, it randomly started. I mean, it started trending because everybody started talking about it. Hashtag Common Rider. And then he noticed that it was trending, and he said, "I don't know why Common Rider is, tr- is trending, but I love it." And yeah. People started asking, him, like, "Do you know about?" Const-? He said, "Do you like Common Rider?" He's like. No, I love Common Rider.
2: That was yes. a, that was a great response to that. Yeah. And I think the the great thing about watching that movie together kind of like as a whole community is like Josh said, I mean, it's the it's the excitement of supporting something like that and knowing yeah. that after, you know, we've had to watch these things the way that we have to know that we're supporting it directly and showing them how much we love it is such yeah. an important thing. And the the added fact of the the hashtag going like the way it did was mm-hmm. just the cherry on top of us showing how much we love tokusatsu and how much yeah. we want it over here in a way that we can enjoy.
1: Right. So uh was the I can't remember, was the stream uh North America only? Yes. I uh that was so. the unfortunate part because we had
3: a couple of fans who were a little sour understandably being like, right, right. well I can't watch this thing.
1: mind you um, VPNs are a thing too so yeah, but that's same. I mean yeah, that's another step but I, that that explains the number like why it would be like only around a thousand people watching it live because like whenever we, I watch uh Ultraman Z live, it's uh-huh. always at least 10,000 people watching. Oh yeah like it's an insane number and it's because it's like open worldwide. Mm -hmm. So that makes, if it was, if that stream was open worldwide, it probably would have gotten a lot more. I would agree to that, especially because, you know, we're
3: not the only English speaking country out there uh, here in Mm -hmm. the States. And a lot of other people, you know, there are fans worldwide. It's not just one part of the country, one part of the world uh, that is interested in these types of shows. Yeah. Uh, So I think it speaks highly both of the people who were there supporting it and happy to do it, and the other people saying, Hey, I want in on this too. Both both uh voices are very important to listen to because they're saying they mm. want this product.
4: Yeah. You know, I gotta say, having experienced that night the way that I did, it's I, I'm actually reminded a bit of this one time I went to Comic Con and I saw the Bluefin guys, and I asked one of them about Common Rider Merch. And they at the time they weren't doing it. But they were like, oh, you know, fill out a survey, I guess. I, I, I don't know. They, they gave me some answer that wasn't really a, yeah, we're going to do it, or we're working on it, or we hope to do it. It was more of a, we're not doing that, but let them know you're interested. Um, and, like, I think it must have been a year, maybe two years later, I go to Comic-Con and I see a few Common Rider uh, figures up for sale at, at, that, at that area. I'm like, okay, okay. That's 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 Common Rider Double right up there. What well, what's he doing there? Um And now here we are. We're getting we're getting localized Common Rider shows, a localized Common Rider movie, like a current, like semi current Common Rider movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a bit old at this point, but you know.
2: I think it's also worth it to mention that you can walk into just about any GameStop right now too, and find Common Rider merchandise.
4: Yes. Really?
2: common writer merchandise has been popping up in a lot of interesting places like in um barnes and noble and think geek stores and
3: barnes and noble really yeah that that's been happening for a few years now yeah oh, I,
4: have, I haven't been to a barnes and noble in a while well to be
3: fair a lot of us haven't been able to get out because you know 2020 it's a yeah. yeah. year Very but true. Uh, the fact that we can tell each other like hey there's something here that in your area you could like hey go to your think geek or just even last night hey go to your local uh five below they've got posters for japanese spider-man up right now oh my gosh
2: (laughs) i my tattoo artist my tattoo artist has a gates statue that he bought at hot topic not because he likes common rider he loves you know like geek stuff and power rangers and all that but he just got it because it looked cool, and I think that's the most important thing, is that if people see that stuff in stores, they're going to be like, huh, that looks cool, and they're going to buy yeah. it, whether they know it or not.
4: And I mean, like, it's it, it goes beyond even beyond just merchandise, although I do want to give that shout out to Team Common Rider for the work they're doing, teaming up Absolutely. with Bandai and getting, getting this stuff localized, uh, you know, they're... I believe uh, Tokulectables is now partnered with them as well. And it's it's really great to see this kind of expansion where you can go to GameStop and pre-order a CSM belt or go to the GameStop website and pre-order a CSM stuff. The, uh, you know, the CSM stuff. It's, it's really great to see. But even on top of that, we've got, you know, Marvel doing the Rise of Ultraman. We've got now, I just now wrote a report up last night on the fact that Actually, just yesterday, Disney Plus uh, put up their uh, Marvel 616 series, which is a docu-series on stuff regarding Marvel, and their very first episode, and they put up a teaser of it on YouTube, their very first episode is titled Japanese Spider-Man, and it's a whole detailing of the history of Toei's Spider-Man and the impact it had. And they start out by talking about Kamen Rider because that's what Toei was known for. And it's just really great to see that sort of thing on a Disney service on, on a Marvel show. Well, not only that,
3: they they
4: they straight up shout out
3: Kamen Rider and show everything that they had done up to that point before uh, the creation uh, got started of Japanese Spider-Man. But it's the fact for me it meant something that they showed original series, they showed stronger, and they specifically showed Tackle as well. Like, oh, he did. There's not enough tackle love out there. Mm-hmm.
2: Hard agree. Hard, hard. They agree.
3: gave that love in that documentary, which I is very well girl. done. I highly recommend anybody who has a login or knows somebody who has a login go check that out. I'm gonna watch
4: tomorrow. Yeah, Marvel six one six episode one. Um, it's it's really great. I I watched it. It was it was it's fifty minutes long. It's such a great documentary. They go so in-depth. I learned some things I didn't know before. And honestly, Toei Spider-Man is one of my favorite bits of tokusatsu to talk about in terms of... The only
3: thing, and I don't want to get stuck on this, but it it is worth noting, uh, at the end they give that little uh, blurb showing that uh, most people uh, over in the States became aware of the series when it was loaded on marvel.com... And they don't mention the fact that about three or four years ago they took it down off the yep. website. Yeah, they have it. Clearly, they have the subtitles. People are aware of it now. You're like I just mentioned. They're selling merchandise. You could just re-upload it to Marvel.com and let people watch Japanese Spider-Man. Or what are you waiting? It, or on? put it on
4: Disney Plus. It might go on Disney Plus. That's I, I would
1: mean, be happy with that. No, I'd I'd rather be on Marvel.com so that it's free for everybody i'd rather it be free for everybody to watch i don't really want it to be behind a paywall but if they are like yeah we need to do something with this they will probably put it on disney plus yeah i
3: Agreed. just want to support the the emissary from hell right
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know they you know they They. i, I won't get too in depth about it but they do talk about that catchphrase in the show and how it was so wild yeah. that they put that in a kid's show anyway
2: Let's move on to uh, talking about some Team Common Rider.
3: I think what's great about everything that's been done by them uh, leading up to this point, like I remember...
2: It all started at AX last year, yeah.
3: At AX last year, exactly. Uh, everybody getting behind that chant, We want Common Rider. Everybody was there, reared up ready they're like come on guys you gotta get ready something's coming yeah something's coming we gotta we gotta get everybody on board with this and the fervor was there you could feel the love for the franchise Mm -hmm. and now here we are a year later and you know like like you were just saying we have the ability to buy belts we have the ability to buy these figures and nice little stands for the figures too at decently affordable prices like if you told me i could get a recent belt for only 35 bucks that's the kind of stuff I'm waiting for. Yeah, I mean, and yes. it's here.
2: I think the the AX that happened last year, where they had Bluefin Brands. I mean, God love them. They and Team Common Rider um, were there, and they were, you know, hitting the ground running with the um, the surveys that they had. Um, they had uh, cosplayers at their booth uh, that were running around telling everybody to fill out the survey. The surveys were running around online, too, and it was all basically just to generate the most interest possible to provide to the people that needed to see it, and they saw it, they understood it, and now we're where we are today with all the great achievements that we've made because of that, so big shout out to Bluefin Brands and to Team Common Rider for for making that big jump and getting us all together like that, because it's hard to rally that many people, especially people like us
4: (laughs) it was really it was really notable to me when they made the announcement that they were rebranding from team rider to team common rider because they were officially partnered with uh the brand
2: that made it Uh feel more real i
4: think it did it was it's it's really good to see
1: Uh, well can i criticize it a bit yes
2: i mean it's an open forum
1: yeah, I wish that their their messaging and advertising was better. I highly agree.
2: I think they can do more. I do.
3: Just because it's the first thing we have doesn't mean we have to accept it at base. There is always room for improvement.
2: Sure, absolutely. I, just, I, I
1: mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, I guess a new team to put together or whatever. So, you know, you're going to have bumps in the road. But, you know, I think there should be, I mean, they, they should, they could work to have better messaging and, you know. Pointing people to certain sites or certain links or whatever and, you know, getting the word out more. I highly agree
3: with that. S- actually, same thing with Tok Shoutsu. um yeah. yeah. Really, they have, like, next to no hype or street team or advertising beyond the initial launch. And that kind of – I find that a little disappointing when – Uh, I want more people to be aware of this thing, and word of mouth can only go so far. Right. Yep. You know, have some good quality graphics, not just something that you put together in Word and then put out there. Like, people have been – like, the fans have been promoting these shows on their own through their own love and showing off their toy collections and fan art for years. Right. Right. That it's so easy to me to make that jump to reach out to the community to make some of these things for you. That way, you can get more people interested. Like, there's a resource here that, like, you can see with Team, Team Common Writer, they tapped it because they got people involved. They got uh, everybody at the conventions to take those uh, surveys. I just wish uh, Tok Shoutsu would take that same initiative.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I have to echo that. I mean, I feel like we have a very talented community here with a lot of people that have a lot of different kind of skills. And I, I think that it would be really easy for, you know, Team Common Rider or Toku Shoutsu to take advantage of that by reaching out to, you know, some of the people that are really well versed in the things that they do well. And I think that that should honestly be to their benefit in order to advertise better and, you know put the word out better with people that already have these big followings, you know?
4: Hmm. I agree. So here's my take. I think that we're at a really good starting point at the, at the moment and that it's now time to, for both brands to take sort of the next step. And that comes from those two, two things you guys were talking about better, more consistent messaging where, you know, everything is like everything is well, consistent, for starters. Um, I know I've seen people talking about how they would mention something on Twitter, but then it links to something else, or, or it's not right. listed on their store. Um, so making sure that that's all uh, neat and tidy before posting, that would help messaging stuff. But then also, like even just on top of that, in terms of... Uh, I guess just general sense of polish, sort of making things look like they got a bigger budget than they than they have, maybe. Um, I
3: think it goes back to a phrase that I've uh, had go around for a while that even if you don't have access to all of the best things, there's a difference between something looking unprofessional and something looking non-professional, whereas unprofessional looks like, oh man, you really don't know what you're doing. Something non-professional looks professional, but then when you look into it it's like, wow, you did that with only this much resource? That's amazing. I should right. pay attention. Yeah. And yeah. I think they've got like you said, they've they've got their start, but they need to take it to the next level, especially when going into twenty twenty one, the fiftieth anniversary is coming up for Common Writer, and it should mean just as much to the fandom here, or outside of Japan, I should say, than it does as much as it does there in Japan. Right. Like let's right. make sure it's celebrated outside of just the base country. Mm-hmm.
1: Come Agreed. on. Common Rider Blu-ray.
2: I, I would love to see a really good send off for the 50th anniversary. And I know that it's really hard for things like that to happen with the current world climate, but it, yeah. it's something that I think we really should be paying a lot of attention to and, Celebrating, like I would love to see, and I'm just throwing this out there I'd love to see us try to get Common Rider trending again for the 50th anniversary. At least, that's that's the least that we oh, can absolutely. do.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely, I agree to that. Uh, but for now, like uh, what we have to look forward to is you know, hopefully, we can get more Kamen Rider shows streaming on you know, Tokusatsu and Tubi and all that stuff. Uh, we're gonna we have more. Ultraman Blu-rays to look forward to I think uh, what was it I think Taro got announced recently and that's supposed to be coming out I think early next year mm-hmm. oh so yeah that's, uh, there's gonna be more of that uh, Subarai is also streaming shows they, they started streaming Ultraman Z which is the first show that they streamed in I think two years Because so the last one they did was Jeed uh, actually so they skipped yeah. Rube no they were doing uh, Rube no, they didn't. Oh, they, for like a, yeah, for like
4: a few episodes. Yeah, for a few episodes. Yeah, they then they locked it down. Yeah, and 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 they're like simulcasting it too.
2: Yeah, I love the fact that you can literally just go to their YouTube channel and that that's where they're going to stream it every week. I, yeah. I think that is a very very smart business model, and Subaraya has been impressing me a lot lately as somebody who didn't really watch any ultraman or pay attention to it too much until this year and now i'm halfway yeah. through ultraman z, uh, z and i love it like it's i'm i'm so excited for to finish the show cuz it's yeah. so easily accessible now
3: i think the great thing about the way they've been handling z is um basically during the the pandemic with everybody being locked down it's the consistency of yeah with something like kuga or uh, original common Raider or heck, even Agito. Now that's at your own pace. But the fact that they've got a schedule—no, it's every Friday at this time in the afternoon or evening, depending on where you are—that yep. gives people a sense of being able to tell, "Oh, this is where I am in the week." It's it's Z day. Yeah, yeah. That means it's
1: almost Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friday Fridays for me are pretty dope because like I finish work, and then I mean now I don't have any commute, so that's pretty good. But uh, so I could just get ready and then, you know, watch Ultraman Z at like what was it 830 over here in, on the East Coast. Um, yeah. And they also started uh, a new uh, Ultra Galaxy fight, which is Ultra Galaxy fight, the absolute conspiracy. That literally started tonight.
4: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch episode one yet.
1: <laughs> Me neither. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but they also, I mean, early this year they also did the same thing with Ultra Galaxy Fight: New Generation Heroes, which they also put on YouTube. I think that one's still up. Yeah, that's the thing. I think both. I think Ultra Galaxy Fight is still up, but with Ultraman Z, they're doing the whole like after every two, two weeks. weeks. Every two weeks, they take, they pull off the oldest episode.
3: That's the thing I don't get. Like well, I don't
1: really get. It, yeah,
4: I I kind of get it because I mean. They're putting it on what I believe is their main YouTube channel. So it's not just us who can watch it. It's people in Japan, too. And they want people watching on, on TV as well. They, they I, I don't know. I don't really know what, what specifically goes on behind the scenes that makes something more or less worthwhile for them. But I can understand the basic logic of this is our latest Ultraman show. Maybe we'll, we'll give you a chance to watch it when it first premieres. And then we kind of want you to buy the DVDs or whatever it may be. I guess, but if you want, if you want people to like, for example, if someone started watching, wanted to watch
1: Ultraman Z today, they couldn't watch the first thirteen uh, I don't know, twelve or thirteen episodes, something like that. Yeah, like they would, because we only they only have the two most recent episodes. If you wanted, if you wanted people to like watch it as it aired it, but they wanted to start from zero, from episode one, it makes sense to have it on your YouTube channel, and then people can just catch up like i would think at the very least keep the first episode
3: up if you want to start taking off the subsequent episodes after two weeks then fine Mm -hmm. but you kind of need that first one to get people into the concept as opposed to like dropping them into the middle i I know this is a a weird kind of a comparison but i remember when i was in college i had more than one group of friends try to get me into fruits basket and the problem with both of these groups of people is Is that they made the same decision. Mind you, neither of them talked to each other. I was just the mutual friend between both groups. They always made this weird decision to drop me in somewhere around the teens or the early 20s. Like, oh, watch this episode. It's hilarious or it's great. Why? I had no – I don't know. It was their favorite episode, but I had no context for what was going on. Now, eventually, I did get into it and I love that series. Why? Because I was able to go back and watch it from the beginning. Yeah. So I don't understand why Tsuburaya would make that decision first to not allow at least the first episode to be up. That way you can understand, okay, here's the base concept, here's the characters, here's the plot, yep. go. And then the second thing that I wonder about is because we get to simulcast it along with Japan, we're hit every five minutes or five to seven minutes with these commercials for items we can't buy. Yeah. And that's the Dude. only other thing I don't get. Yeah. Like, whereas Common Rider is killing it over here with I have the ability to buy all of these belts and uh, statues and what have you. Yeah. I'm looking at these Ultraman shirts and fig arts and the new King Joe storage custom, and I can't purchase that over here. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing Subaraya. I'm like, that was the weird one, Subaraya. You almost had it.
1: I want that Alpha Edge figure art, man. I want it so bad. It's so shiny.
2: Give me that giant King Joe, though. I need
3: it. I need it. I need it to light up. I need it to. I need, I need a seven. I need a sevenger. With angry eyes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> With the angry eyes. Yes. He's pissed. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, you know, globalization, uh, it's it's 2020 has been a big step
2: guess i'd say it, it was
1: it's uh, we've had a lot of success a lot of things going around i mean that's not to mention like you know comics that are going around the like you mentioned uh, before rise of ultraman is coming i think the final issues is this month i think or next month is it? But it's like a four so episode, sad. four four issue series,
2: and it's selling too. I just went to a comic shop the yeah. other day to try to pick up uh, an issue, and they had said that they had sold like hotcakes, so people are buying them up, yeah. which is awesome. That's what yeah. you want.
1: Yeah. I can't find it out here. Yeah, uh, cause yeah, it is, it is a Marvel comic technically, and uh, something that I mean, I guess we will move on after this, but I I did want to kind of mention that uh, because I just finished playing uh, Spider Man Miles Morales. <laughs> That they had uh, announced for the Spider-Man PS4 remaster, a Arachnid Rider, yeah, Arachnid Rider, Arachnid Rider, which is a tribute to Tokusatsu, specifically Kamen Rider. Uh, But there was also a suit in uh, Miles Morales that was designed, whose designer based it off of the Kamen Rider the first,
3: right, the Strike Suit,
1: the Strike Suit,
4: yeah.
3: And it took me a second, I'm like, wait, I don't see it. And then I looked at it, I'm like, oh, you designed the center of the spider like the muffler. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. Also
4: the also the collar and the, the sort of collar. bigger forearms. Yeah.
1: So it's it's, it's weird how like where stuff is starting to pop up that's took related in a place that you don't expect.
2: I mean, we got a we got a Sentai named suit for Genji in Overwatch a couple years ago that I remember just being floored
5: at.
3: Well, oh, not yeah. only that, uh, he's got uh, some voice lines thrown in there from Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. Like, at random, depending on what he does, he will say Henshin. Right. And he will also say uh, cool. Maha Zenkai from go uh, Anger.
1: Really? Yes. Wow. This is crazy. Because, like, I remember, I don't know, back in, like, the mid-2000s playing uh, Beautiful Joe. Oh, and not getting Joe. any of the references, but I didn't oh get any God. of the references. I was like, I know it's something Japanese, but I have no idea what they're talking. Why is he saying henshin to go go? Like I was so like I loved it, but I didn't get it. Uh-huh. No more
2: heroes is another great video game series that's like a I love get letter to Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Yes, very similarly, I was like you, except a little worse. I didn't like beautiful joe initially i'm like this sounds what? stupid Aww. and then i got into tokusatsu years later and i went running back i didn't know i didn't know come back i didn't know <laughs> please I take mean, me back baby. outside
1: yeah outside of the <laughs> the 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 writer references and stuff like it, it was an amazing game like it was just so much fun to play but yeah i want to go back and play it but i don't have a copy anymore i haven't been able to go back and try I, it I had out. to go track me down a copy from like a used game store i need to get it um, so yeah, how about we, uh, go into the actual shows that aired this year? Let's do it. Uh,
3: there's a lot. Well, where, where do we start? <laughs> do we start with the shows that didn't get affected by 2020 or the
1: ones that did? Uh, let's go, let's go from, you know, chronological. So, you know, chronological. I, I think, that always works. Uh, okay. let's start with, uh, Ryu Soldier, which ended this year. Mm-hmm. So we got the final arc, uh, in 2020. Um, I'll be honest, I ended up not really liking Ryu soldier it felt very bland to me
2: i mean i think the problem with Ryu soldier stems from it's maybe just a dinosaur sentai that we got again too soon
3: i i agree with that we
2: just had um um cure not too long ago and not only mm-hmm. that, but that was a banger series. That did so well. It was. Yes. So that's a lot to live up to. And I feel like maybe they tried to play it safe by going dinosaur themes because it did do so well last I time. Think so. But I feel like yeah. it kind of did the opposite of what they intended.
3: I think I, I agree with you 100% on that, Katie. It was a little too soon. I feel mm-hmm. like it was just trying to rehash a lot of things that were done. The same, like, only having one female ranger in the team. Like, they... I think it had been done better in Uger, in personal opinion. Uh, I was impressed with a lot of the uh, mech fighting because of, you know, the freedom that the new design had allowed for. Uh, but beyond that, um, yeah, I, 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 it didn't quite grip me the way i thought it was going to i i appreciate the design i really do i think those are some very clean suits i actually really like nada cuz there are some shining spots there nada being one of them uh, uh gaisorg oh, but beyond okay. that I, I just uh i don't know it just it didn't quite click for me i mean, i know a lot of people love it uh and i really like that that uh transformation brace like it's really fun to mess around with uh but beyond that I don't, I don't know
1: i i didn't like the story i didn't really like the characters too much uh especially conolo like Conalo, but the crap out of me uh I, yeah i didn't like his characterization at all um i i, I will say i I like the the mech battles in the beginning of the series because they were really trying something new
5: mm-hmm.
1: right it felt like they were taking a page out of what
3: Subaraya was doing. And they were like, okay, guys, watch all of Taiga or whatever else came before. It. Watch Rube and just do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I, th- I feel like that didn't last very long. I think it, they no, went back unfortunately into. unfortunately not. Yeah, it went yeah. back into their kind of normal stuff, which, is tend- which tends to be what Sentai does. I think there's only a few exceptions. Like, as much as I don't really care for. Uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pots Ranger. I think yeah. the like, battles in those were they did some really interesting experimentation with that. So
2: I, I do like if if anything, I do like in their Henshin sequence that they have the little tiny robots dancing around them in a circle. I really, yeah. really like yes. that. I thought that was a cute little touch, and if anything, that yeah. was who I was the most excited to see every week.
1: I'll say I I I mean I, I got that uh Resoul Changer because I was like I I dig those little keys and uh, I like the design of the Resoul Changer.
3: I was really happy with. Um, uh, Nicole sent me one of those, so it's ooh nice in a nice
1: place on my shelf. Yeah, I, cool. I, I. One of my main uh, complaints about the show in general was that it just like you said, like it it had little elements of things that were like really interesting, like you know it was it was. They were like a tribe or something like that and they were like they had like this kind of night theme to it a little bit and then you had this whole thing with the little key robots dancing around them and stuff but they didn't really delve into their cult i guess i don't know if you'd say it's their culture culture but yeah like they're no yeah it would be their culture
3: because like they're this whole kind of sort of separated tribe or more than one tribe i guess uh from the rest of the world and then it's i don't know just it feels weird for me that so much there was so much going for it in the setup in the design uh and then i almost feel like the series for me anyway was kind of riding on
1: that being enough yeah and it takes a little more than that it it needed a lot more i think i think it just it tried to play safe and then by the end, it started to go into the end game stuff, and by that point, I just don't, I didn't really care. Like, it had, it had its Ryu Soldier moment, where, like, we are the Ryu Soldiers. and I just, I couldn't care less, sadly. Yeah.
2: I've been having a lot more fun watching Kira Major than I have of Ryu Soldier. Oh, absolutely. it I... made me feel a lot better, because I've been worried about Sentai for a little while now.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, it, I know this might be, like, a little bit how do I say it not childish but just personal preference it means so much more to me when all if you have a five member team all five robots combine to make your dude your combining mech and instead of like series like Ryu Soldier or uh, other ones that came before it where oh we're just going to take a piece off one of the other uh, mechs and then add it on and call that
1: the Megazord like I, I appreciate everything being used I'm right yeah. there with you man
2: Agree, I agree.
1: I guess kind of the one thing I didn't like about Kyoto is that it's mostly uh the main red ro- uh, what is, uh, what's his name? I keep wanting to say Tiramigo. Uh, it's
2: been a hot minute since I've watched that one,
1: yeah, whatever his name is. Gabatira.
2: Gabatira.
4: Gabatira, Gabatira yeah, yeah. So Gabatira right. When in the doubt, main... I sing the song. <laughs>
3: okay yeah there it is yeah it was it was the same
1: thing where it's like it was the main red it was the main part the body of the suit and then the other dinosaurs were like the shoulder pads or something like that like it wasn't like it was it was just armor it was exactly the same in ryu soldier
3: as it was in kyoryu it was a basic red block and then blue and pink are the sides
4: Mm. so i i did write a review of ryu soldier so you could say I have some thoughts, um, right. but if I were to summarize my thoughts in as few words as possible, hundred
3: fifty word, hundred fifty words or less. <laughs> go
4: a tweet. Um,
2: you're you're making a tweet.
4: Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's characters, not words. That's even worse. Oh no. Uh, okay, <laughs> so here's here's how it is. The characters are good, and their development was fun for me. But overall, um, right. it felt like the show didn't know where it was going. And then when it finally did, it was like, those parts should have come way sooner. Yeah. And so, overall, the story was a mess. The characters were good. I liked the characters. Um, but, oh, and the designs. Honestly, the designs were so powerful. And this show went uh-huh. a lot further to creating that sense of a fantasy world than, say, the Sentai that builds itself as a fantasy show, uh, uh, Ranger. Um. Because I had watched that recently as well, but okay. uh, I mean, I mean Z-Ranger's take on building a fantasy world was just having fantasy characters in a modern setting, and that's not where the strength of fantasy lies. The strength of fantasy lies in the world building. But that's literally what Re Soldier yes. did. Yes, but Re Soldier has yeah. an an additional world as part of it, and they explore a bit of that world and get into that's some of the they? mythos of it. Did they? A bit, yeah. Yes. When? I'm waiting for this. They had, this they story. had a whole. Co- okay, look. First of all, uh, the, the, the. How many soldiers- times do they actually go into their world? <laughs> okay, well, they don't, granted, they don't spend a ton of time in the, those no sorts of settings do. when it. But it's still <laughs> oh part God. of the story. It's not though. <laughs> but it is
1: no you see you see kind of low, like touching a, a fountain and then he talks to a shark or, what, or whatever in the water and that's about it we didn't get anything from this show
4: okay it, granted it comes together more so in the end game it didn't I will not I will. I will die on this mountain
1: dude I will fight you on this mountain until like I've got I've got time tonight. I'll fight about. Is future. this
2: Mount Iwafune? Because we have. Explosions.
3: There's a, there's a dinosaur in this mountain. We need to destroy it and get our Dino Knight friend out.
4: I'll go. I'll go get my Ryu Soul Ken. We'll fight it out.
3: Oh my god! I have one. You're gonna get some Ryu Soldier plushies too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look look look. Okay, look. If look. there's one thing, I think there's one thing we can all agree on when it comes to Ryu Soldier is. That dance is one of the more memorable ones, the ending dance. I can hear it. That was one of the most fun parts I had doing there at AX was everybody who participated in doing... Like, I had to film it, but everybody who was doing the Ryusoul dance. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't want to be on camera, there was still a ton of people there on the side, you know, <laughs> shaking their hand.
4: Yeah. <laughs> the greatest strength of the Ryusoul dance is that it is the easy, one of the easiest ones to do out of any Sentai dance like I like I do the mm-hmm. Kira Major dance, and you know I just moved into a new place. But I was living in my my room was a loft, and so you can imagine if I were trying to do the reuse the 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 oh, Kira Major dance, if I were trying to do the Kira Major dance, you, you would have run into some problems with a, with some very angry family.
3: Well, the the Kira Major dance, uh, you need to make sure you there's nothing nearby that you can kick.
4: Yes. <laughs> True. Or
3: knock over. True. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, the Ryu Soldier dance is probably for me the best part of the show. But the best part of the dance is when Kamarada Shinobi did the dance.
5: On, yes, they put a, that was the and best. And they put it on that YouTube or
1: best. something
2: like that. Yes. They did. Oh my God. I love him. He
1: is like going all in. He's all into this dance. And that's the. Kamen Rider, okay, Kamarada Shinobi is the best part of Ryu Soldier.
4: <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. oh, oh man, I, agree <laughs> I agree with that i agree am i the only one here who even liked Soldier just a bit yep
2: probably bro
4: oh <laughs>
1: it has its bright i'm spots, sorry i don't, I don't mean like... to crap on the show so much but
4: I will, okay, well, I got to be honest. I did crap on it quite a bit in my article because I I have a whole section in my review of it where I talk about how I would have approached doing the story differently with the same yeah. pieces. I'm just like, I was just, just, just like, if they just did this here,
3: it would have been so much better, and it makes me angry. Well, I I imagine we're gonna get into a little bit more of that once we get to zero one. <sighs>
4: Oh no! Yeah. But
3: I want to get ahead of myself, so let's just let's let's hold off on that. We'll table that. Okay. Let's move on to Kira Major.
4: Okay.
1: Actually, uh, before that, uh, a local hero show called Doganger actually premiered. Oh uh, don't want to forget. Oh, Doganger. that was
4: that was first. You're right.
1: Yeah. I honestly, personally, I haven't seen it. I've hey, seen a few first? episodes of it. Well, it, uh,
4: okay. Oh, it, was. it c- Okay, it was not first, but it was. Oh, like, sorry, shorter. it wasn't first. You're right. It, but Shoot. but it was shorter.
1: What, what, okay, what do you guys want to talk for, about first? Uh, Dogenger Dogenger for me, it's like the whole show
3: is local boy hits it big uh, <laughs> because it's, it's all of these provisional heroes that are in these little sections and they finally got their stuff together. Like they have these giant meetups every year yeah. uh, where all the local heroes have their giant festival to celebrate each other. Like, yeah, we're local heroes and we're here. Get used to it. But, like, that they finally got their most popular ones together and, like, you know what? Let's film something. We know what we're doing. We know why we're wearing these suits. Let's do it. And from the bits and pieces that I have seen, uh, they're certainly capable of doing their own uh, filming, their own stunts, their own writing that's still uh, equally as punchy and funny as a lot of other things. Uh, so, yeah, i got to give them props.
2: They have a great social media presence, too. They oh, are, yeah. oh, absolutely. They kill it online, and that's the only reason that I really know too much about them, other than just word of mouth from other uh, Toku friends. But it's yeah. just, they're always, they, them and man just have the funniest uh-huh. interactions between each other, and I love every second of it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, see, I think it's really funny that you bring that up, because, like, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with uh, Tokushatsu and Team Common Writer, the fact that the Dogenger's crew and really anybody involved with the local hero scene over yeah. there, they know how to handle their social media because that's their bread and butter mm-hmm. because they're not official. So they know what the hell they're doing. They know what it takes to get that engagement and get those eyes. Their on entire they brand need- is social media. Yeah, they need every last set of eyes on them that they can.
1: They
2: respond to a lot of people, and you know, the anybody that you know kind of quips at them, they quip back, and it's it's always a good time. It's kind of
1: like the Wendy's account.
2: Oh my god, it is. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think Kitakuman, K- Man is uh, known for his shit posts. That's what I've. That's what I've heard.
3: I, I, I just, I'm stuck right now on the idea that the Dogenjus are the Wendy's of the Toksatsu that's, community. That's a fantastic summation. <laughs> okay, but can
4: I, I order a burger from them?
2: I mean, I'm sure if you asked them nicely, they'd make you, like, some curry or something. Like,
3: You just have to be able to remember the difference. You're not asking for a Frosty from them, you're asking for a Choco Soft. They call it something different.
4: Oh, gotcha. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I, actually, I think Yamashiron is... Uh, Good at cooking. I think that was his thing. The gas
1: company representative is the, is <laughs> the good cooking. I
4: know how it sounds, but it, <laughs> okay. In one episode, uh, those the, so the Yamashiron is three Sentai heroes who fuse together into oh, one, kind of yeah, like yeah. pa- yeah. kind of like Path Ranger. Um, <laughs> there's red, there's Red Ron, and there's Aoi Ron, and there who's blue, and and then there's Dai, Dai Ron who is orange, and they fuse together into Yamashiron. And in one episode they were making curry and passing that out to people, and um that was where they were found.
3: There was another member who unfortunately died after running off into battle on his own. Uh that was Leron Jenkins.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good.
3: I'm sorry, I've been waiting I've been waiting to make that. Okay, you know. Fair <laughs> was, was it worth it? <laughs> Uh, for me it was uh, but I'm I'm going to be over here in the corner and we'll time out for a little bit. Hey
2: man, bit. you got a genuine laugh out of me and I think that's that's good enough. <laughs>
1: I'll you take got a it. I'll palm. take you that. You can see it, but you got a face palm for me. I could feel it though. <laughs> I can feel it
3: here in my soul. I
2: I appreciate the joke because I read all of those names and for some reason it just sounds like they're trying to sell me like an AC unit or something. Like something that goes in my house. <laughs>
4: I just think Yeah, of I mean, they are they are very corporate. So so they represent the gas company's uh sales department hero section. And that's their thing. And they and it's funny cuz Red Ron he's the main guy in control whenever they fuse into Yamashiron and he's always trying to hand the villains his business card before they fight. And they and the other two are just like, "What are you doing? We have to fight."
1: <laughs> yeah, I I've, I I've, the, the few episodes that I've seen has been it's very delightful. Like, I, I feel like that show is uh-huh. a lot of fun to watch. And I, I, I look forward to watching it. I just, twenty twenty just been a year, so I just haven't got around oh, to, yeah. like, watching it. Because... But I, it's one of those shows, like, out of all the shows that came out this year, that's the one I'm like,
4: I, I need to go back and watch that one. I mm-hmm. binged all 12 episodes in one day, like, two days ago. I binged it all. Jeez. And I, I watched the first two episodes, actually, with my roommate. Um, and he was like super into it. Like I, I was, I was telling him, so I'm, I wanted to watch the show cause I have to binge this cause I'm, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, and it's, it's, it's about these heroes and you know, it's kind of their local heroes and it's low budget. It's 12 episodes. I don't really know how it's going to be. You want to check it out with me? And he's like, yeah, put it on. And we watched the first two episodes and he was cracking up. Like this show is really funny um and it's it's also just a good show like they like they did really well with whatever budget they had um yeah. you know real props to uh Fumie Arakawa the director who she had previously worked on Tokusatsu gagaga
2: I do think it's really good to see uh more attention being brought to local heroes because I feel like yeah. that is a part of Tokusatsu that's been kind of gone under the radar for a while now so the fact yeah. that it's you know shows like Dogengers and Kitakuman, and they have a they have Dent Man too. I think is what I'm seeing on on social media now, which is like uh-huh. a guy that has teeth. All the the local heroes deserve a lot of love for what they're making, and I'm really happy to see that become more uh, well known.
3: It's it's seeing them like if you look back through the, like their Twitter accounts and seeing some of them like. God, even five six years ago, when the suits weren't that great, and seeing where they've gotten to now, yeah, and seeing them like that's the glow up right there, like watching them pursue their passion of Tokusatsu, mm-hmm. and now they've got something to show for it. That's you know I applaud that.
1: Yeah, some of those suits look
4: dope. Oh, absolutely. Since uh, since since I did see Dogengers, um, my the basic story is you know you you got the main hero uh Jiro Tanaka who comes to uh who comes to Fukuoka to see his childhood friend who he has who he never got to say oh wait for me and I, apparently that's something I, I probably some something in the japanese language that i don't understand but it was it's this dramatic thing where he wanted to see his childhood friend probably has a crush on her or something anyway um at the beginning of the show, the villains led by Yabai Kamen, who we did an interview with, I believe on the website, um, he takes he he joins up with a bunch of villains uh, as part of his villain company, and they decide to turn uh, Fukuoka into what they call the the Valley of Villainy. or at least that's how the subtitles put it, um, and so all of all of the heroes um, Yamashiron. El brave who's this wrestling inspired uh guy with he's got this uh you know he's the he's the hothead of the group like knuckles in Sonic um, he's he's got the backup of workers from yahata construction uh, there's Fukuo Calibar, who is the strongest of the main bunch and he fights with these dual swords and then there's kitakuman who we mentioned who he doesn't like to fight his as he puts it his body is stiff um but he's got this real strong sense of justice and he, like he's he's the kind of guy who you could probably hang out with and either love or hate him um and they're all so Yabai common defeats them all until ogaman comes and ogaman represents the oga pharmacy and he likes to like he promotes health and stuff his catchphrase is take your medicine and sleep uh kusulinonde nero something something like that um I probably butchered that pronunciation. But anyway, um, so those guys get defeated. Ogaman shows up, fights Yabai Kamen, just about wins. And then Yabai Kamen pulls this uh, ridiculous uh, move and scatters the heroes. And so Ogaman entrusts Jiro with the power to transform into a green Ogaman. And he gets named Rookie, and he has to unite the heroes again. And they all start. They they like as he gathers the heroes. They all start like living in his apartment, and it's and he's like, "Why are you all here?" Um, and it's a comedy for the most part, um, just sort of touching on what each hero's unique sense of justice is, and it builds up to one of the main villains, Idol, who was actually who was designed by Akira Amamiya Ame, Ame, from uh, Studio Trigger, and has real Darling in the Franks vibes. Um, there's this plot involving her and how she is actually the personification of the toys that Jiro played with with his childhood friend. And so the story turns to eliminating the villains with the United Heroes, and also just in general, uniting with his childhood friend. And it's 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 just fun. It's just a fun show. It's funny. I highly recommend it. It's got mad personality. There's a scene where Rookie is launching his first finishing move, and Hitaki Man jumps in the way of it to take a selfie in the two in in like in like the milliseconds before it lands, and it's the funniest thing. (laughs) I remember that. that Yeah, I busted out laughing at that. Oh yeah, hilarious. It's really it's really great, and if you know if you're if you're looking to watch this for the story, you know there there is a story. It's mainly about how the villains had this golden power that, as they're defeated, the heroes get that power instead, and then it all comes together in the end. Um, The story is fun. Mostly, you're in it for a fun time. Just, like, laughs all around. It's a great show. I highly recommend it. They did a fantastic job. Um, Lots of really self-aware humor. Even in like those, uh, you know, those part those those screens that are like on every Rider and Sentai episode at the very end, where it's like showing clips from the new episodes, but they got those banners on the two sides that talk about that that like comment on it a bit. Yeah. So they they have that, but it's really like self aware humor in those bits. It's just a really good show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to it. And I think I think Ir- it, it. I was surprised at how how much uh, how many people were actually. Like talking about it because it seemed like it was just everywhere around that time which was awesome um, but yeah i think everybody should watch it i'm i'm definitely gonna watch it uh so I'm not really watching anything else so that's gonna be something I want to get into um uh, if we want we can move on to uh Kamen Rider zero one because that ended this year as well uh we talked about we've done a podcast where we've talked about Up to episode 29. So uh, since then, I mean, the pandemic hit. So then uh, they uh, stopped production for a while. And they did some uh, recap episodes.
4: They lost a total of five episodes.
1: Right, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the pandemic. And it really Um, showed. So they did did a, a few recap episodes that also had a little bit of a a bit of story sprinkled in. I think that's, isn't that where we got introduced to Azu?
2: Yeah. That was the first time we saw her.
4: Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't at all clear where she came from. Right.
1: Um, And in in that, in that uh, arc, we also got, they tried to do the guy redemption arc, which I hated.
2: Which went horribly. I have feelings about that.
3: To start with, the fact that uh, they lost five episodes, like, no production, I think, ever wants to be put in that position where Mm -hmm. they don't have the amount of time they thought they had to tell the story they wanted to. Because you can tell from the filming, from everything that was going forward, that a lot of the decisions were affecting because of the time constraint, because of, uh, you know, safe spacing, everybody apart, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could see it in those first episodes, they came back after the recap episodes, they were doing their damnedest yeah. to try and finish out this story, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, yeah, they lost five episodes, they lost their summer movie, so now they're having to do this winter movie to make up for yeah. it, when technically they should still have another one under their belt at this point, point. and you can only fault them so much, because when you're running out of time, you gotta make some really tough decisions, and... I can only get so upset at the series for what ended up coming out of it. Uh, I, I, if I remember reading correctly somewhere, the guy redemption thing wasn't meant to be. That 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 wasn't meant to be the plan initially. Uh-huh. That's just where they ended up. Yeah.
4: You mean they weren't gonna re- redeem him, or they just had to do it a different way? Uh,
3: from, if I remember reading it correctly, that wasn't the plan to redeem him. Oh.
4: Kind I of okay. kind of wish they stuck to the original plan. A lot of people do. <laughs> I'm one of them. It, it
2: is, you know, so unfortunate. And, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Josh is that it's I, I give Zero One a lot of slack because it, it will unfortunately mm. be remembered as the show that got killed by COVID. And yeah. it's it sucks yeah. because not only is that, you know, the the legacy that the first Ray w- Rider is going to have. But it's Mm -hmm. also just it's one of those things where it's so evident by the end of the series, just the way that they had to frame everything and how, you know, disjointed, you know, some of it feels. Now, bearing in mind, Mm -hmm. some of those final few episodes are gorgeous. You know, once I feel like they got into like a bit more of like a comfortable swing of like how they were going to make it work, like they were able to do. What they needed to do well, but it was yeah. the the adjustment point there, and also the kind of like oh crap moment when, um, unfortunately Rio Kamiya, who plays Kira, uh, Kira Red, um, who got caught, you know, he tested positive for COVID, so there was a huge issue with you know oh crap that's under our roof, so there was, I'm sure a lot of lot of different changes that had to be made. So I think yeah. You can complain absolutely. how you know the plot handled itself to a certain extent, but I think it it does it injustice to not take that into consideration.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I I, I mean, as much as I rag on I rag on the story of it, because I, I had problems with the story before uh, the lock the the shutdown. Mm-hmm. like i, I always I, I didn't like guy as, at, at all and i didn't like his whole oh, tournament yeah. arc like the whole tournament arc was, yeah. <laughs> like the whole ter- the whole tournament arc thing was just garbage i I didn't like it at all um uh-huh. so i had problems with that before but they, i felt like by the time we got to episode 30 it was getting to something that i was like oh man i'm interested to see what happens when they come back um for one i'm interested to see how they start filming stuff in these conditions but also i felt like at episode 30 i was like oh this is an interesting place to leave things off but yeah the whole guy redemption arc and then you get into arc one which is like i don't know i i could i don't know how to describe arc, the arc one thing it, it was a, i will just
3: it, say look like for sure uh they did confirm that aruto because we, we already said we we're spoiling right oh yeah yeah Full okay Aruto becoming Arc One was a late stage decision as a result of the lockdown. Yeah. He wasn't initially going to be Arc One. Right. Uh that having been said, uh one, it's a beautiful suit. I love that suit. It is. It's like a cleaner Genmu gamer zombie.
2: It's a clean yeah, I was gonna say it's like a dangerous zombie vibe.
3: But clean. Mm-hmm. And like I've said time and time again how much I love clean suits in this thing, but then I think that was one of the strongest points of showing when you take away the hope of the main character that's that whole, you know, killing joke vibe of all it takes is one bad day yep. and that was Aruto's bad day and this is how he's taking it out on everybody. Yeah. It goes
4: it goes back to the core theme of common rider t- taking their abilities from the monsters and you know what separates a common rider hero from a monstrous villain.
2: I do think it was pretty, pretty um gutsy of them to do that because it's so easy to just, you know, always have the main character be so, you know, happy and positive and, you know, they're you know, they never lose. And to to mm-hmm. see uh our our protagonist get humbled in a way and broken down in a way where, you know, that happens, you know, not only did that give I think a couple other characters their time to shine, um Namely, I think, Hirobi. Um, I think he, he mm. had massive character development in the final couple of episodes um, as mm-hmm. he kind of came to grips with what he was doing. But they, I think the way that they did that and the way they were shooting a lot of those fight scenes with Ark. Like the way they were doing oh, the man. effects with the there was really like dark and shadows and the flashes and yeah, the sparks. Yeah, that I was loved so that. it yeah. that was so cool and it was it was eye catching yeah. and it really like brought home like the, the darkness and the despair and the effects and I I don't know. I yeah. think that those episodes were handled beautifully.
1: I I feel like the the Arc One stuff more than the guy stuff, that is where you can feel the five episodes that needed to be put in there to like mm-hmm pad out like because it felt like it was a a very quick switch for him i mean obviously like something tragic like that happening it's gonna flip a switch but Mm -hmm. as far as like him you know being you know brought back to the light as as you can say i feel like that needed a few more episodes
4: to sort of bring him back Mm -hmm. i think i'm Uh not sure because the way the way i see it and i i'm gonna just take this opportunity to give my thoughts on that whole chunk um so, I personally did not have any problems at all with like everything besides Guy's Redemption because I felt like just in like it it could have been better simply because you know they had limited episodes you know but but in but just looking at it objectively without even considering the pandemic I feel like all of the arc one stuff and even even the arc zero stuff from right before that because. Um, for anyone who's listening who has not yet seen Zero One, who doesn't care about spoilers, basically you start with guy who took over uh, Hidden, then you go you get into the Ark, which is like the enemy satellite, and it becomes a common rider of its own. Then you then they defeated it with Zero Two, then you had Aruto become the new Ark rider, Arc One. Um, because they did Horobi Hiro, destroyed Izu and it sent him into despair. He became Arc he became Arc one. I liked that whole arc of <laughs> arc of Aruto becoming Arc one. I, I thought it was I felt the pain whenever he was fighting because it was it was never it was out of malice, but more so, it was out of pain and I always felt that pain like real props to his actor. But in terms of – as far as Guy's redemption goes, there is nothing that I can say to me that justifies that redemption being done the way it was done because to me it feels like they squeezed an entire redemption arc into one scene and tried to justify it by saying it was on – it was because of Guy's childhood. And that story – that story had a lot of potential. But I feel like it was a flawed decision to go with that story, given the very little amount of time they actually had to tell that story. I don't think there
1: was any enough time. There's not any amount of time that could have justified Guy's redemption.
2: No, (laughs) the fact that it was just a toy dog.
4: Exactly. I was just about to say that. Yes, (laughs) it's not just that it was a toy dog. It had to do with his childhood being abusive from his because of his dad. And I, like, I could see what they were going for, and I feel like if they had three or four more episodes, they could have pulled it off. But it's the simple fact of Guy was set up to be this terrible, awful, top-level villain from the very beginning, from, be- from before we even meet him. Because, you know, they did episode thouser or whatever they called it, uh, where it talked about how he was pulling the strings from the beginning. And, and so Guy, and so we have 30 episodes building guy up as this awful dude who has no hope and then of becoming good. And then we have a single scene where Otto fights him and then he, and then Zaya makes him his new dog friend. And that's, that's it. It's it's it, he needs more time to come to terms with the fact that what he did was wrong and why it was wrong. And, you know, decide to be better. He he it needed a solid three or four episodes to to pull to actually potentially pull that off. And even then, I still think a lot of people wouldn't have liked it because you guys are saying you wouldn't have been on board with that even if they had more time. But I feel like Dude, if they no, had I more want, time. I wouldn't have to be destroyed. I mean,
2: <laughs> I I just in general, I feel like Guy as a character could have just been handled differently because. I feel like there it was a good idea to have, you know, you need the parallel of, you know, Aruto is going to be the good CEO. Well, you need to show what a bad CEO looks like to know the difference. Yeah. So, yes, I agree that there should be a bad CEO in the show to show that point. But I feel like just the way that Guy was handled and how they, you know, moved with him throughout the series, I feel like he was a villain that got a little bit too much notice when we already had the established villains of Metsubo Jinrai. I think yeah. they got screen time taken away from them because mm-hmm. they gave Guy his whole arc and then that suffered later on the line for obvious reasons that we've talked about.
4: Actually, yeah, I do I do agree with that because it does it did mm-hmm. feel like they sort of eliminated the Metzabol Jinrai story and then later brought it back after Guy's time was done and it was like well why
1: <laughs> yeah it was like it was like the focus was on Guy for a long time and then all of a sudden it's like oh right Horobi's here. We're going to put Ark in him.
2: Yeah. All cool. oh, right. And remember that astronaut? Yeah, he's back too. And also um, there's actually a microchip in Fu's brain and it talks to him and they're really pretty. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say ju- just to interject with one more point, if we're going to talk about Naki mm-hmm. for a hot second. Just yeah, I want
3: to talk I, about Naki. I don't not want to talk about Naki. I, Please, I would love to talk about, talk about Naki, Naki
2: for this entire podcast, but I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Um <laughs> uh, I think it's really important to talk about Naki because as a whole, Naki as a character, not only as a badass common writer who I love their suit so much, but their presence in general and then how well they were treated is really something that I, I've like I've talked to like close friends about it. Like, oh my god, there's an asexual, agender character in Common Writer handled properly and pronouns are handled well and it's just in general, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was very very nice to see that show up in this kind of thing. Like you wouldn't expect it. But the yeah. the the person who portrayed them, Nakayama-san, they did great and I loved coming back and seeing them every time they came on screen. I loved the suit that they got and just yeah. That just all all applause for for Toei and and how well they handled that cuz good on them.
3: My only issue with with naki wasn't the fact that they were there i love everything about them just as much as you i echo all of that sentiment my only thing was did they need to depower them at the end i would still have felt much better going into the finale if there had been some sort of bigger war happening mm-hmm. between all of mitsubo Jinrai and all of the uh, human writers going at it on the battlefield yeah. but that they gave up their uh what I feel like was their agency to be able to affect the story by being able to transform, by just giving that up to Fua, I felt a little cheated by that.
2: Sure. I I, I think you make a good point there. And I think, you know, I would always take more Naki screen time and I feel like I would have loved to see, I would have loved to see the conversation between Naki and Fua, Like just, you know, you had this person hanging out in your head for God knows how long and, you know... Y'all never really like sat down and chatted about it. I think y'all should probably yeah. sit down and chat about it.
4: You you know, there's that moment where uh, where Naki is filling Fua in on everything about him about his past, and it's all so normal. And then Naki also reveals that they know about um, Fua's sense of humor, and they tell an an toad type joke, and he, he laughs at it. And you uh, was you was like what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, uh, I guess to mention like not only that was Naki like so notable as a a writer, but also I mean Yaiba was Naiya uh, was it? Yua. Yua. Yeah. Yua Yaiba. Yua Yaiba, Yeah. She was also notable as a writer because I mean she actually survived. Yes. <laughs> which is which is sad that which is sad that well, that's okay. such a low she bar. She actually
3: survived with her ability to transform yes. intact. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: And she got cool suits. I loved all of her suits.
1: Dude.
3: One of the Sotos I picked up the other day was the uh, Hunting Jackal. Oh, I love man. that suit so
1: much. Hunting Jackal. Uh, the Hornet. The one. Hornet one
2: was good. Hornet suit.
1: Lightning Hornet. I love that one.
2: When I was in Japan, I was in just a random store in Akihabara. I don't even remember what store it was. But the Lightning Hornet Progress Key wasn't supposed to come out till the next day. And they broke the sale mm. date and they had it on shelves anyway. So I got to buy it a day early in Japan. And that was like... Oh my god! Ooh. I was on cloud nine. I felt amazing. Nice, you
4: broke street date for that. Yeah, nice. man, I I absolutely love Valkyrie. I love Hiroa Igeta in the role. Um, she she's just awesome. Like she's she's a really cool writer who not only ends with um with with powers intact, but also like arrives on the scene like er, like we're talking early episodes, episode like four at the latest, or I think five maybe. At the very latest. In those very first few episodes, Yua is able to transform. And and transforms and fights throughout the whole series. And gets a really powerful arc where she gets to punch Guy in the face. And as anyone who's watched Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban knows. Punching the villain character who you hate in the face is major bonus points coming from a heroine character.
2: Well, and and it's also very... Therapeutic after you watched her just be essentially like a trophy of guys for an excruciatingly yeah, long
3: yes. amount of time. Yes.
1: Way too long. Oh like, yeah. She
3: took so much of his crap, and then finally you get that badass 70s uh soundtrack that walk chicka
1: waka I resign.
4: Consider this my resignation. And it was in the
1: sunset too, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was. You know, I really I really hated um Valkyrie for a while because I thought that she was just complicit. And then when they did the whole arc where it's like, no, actually he's been controlling her mind. It's like, "Oh. Oh no." <laughs> like when once they reveal that, that gave me some straight up Scott Pilgrim vibes. Yeah. I don't know if anybody yeah, else got that. Yeah, I see what you're I, I didn't not until you just said it now. Not until you just said it, but I see it, and now you can't you can't unsee it. And she's like un- in charge of Ames now, right? which
2: is so badass. Yeah. I'm so I was so proud for her. Yeah. I remember like clapping really excitedly yeah. when that came up.
4: <laughs> yeah, she is not only the the, the first uh, female rider of the Rewat era, but also like the first ma- female rider in a main role in a rider show.
3: Also, first female writer to get a power up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Holy I
2: mean, Nadeshko, Kavala, Marika, I don't right. th- I don't think yeah, they got power
3: ups.
1: Yeah. Nope.
2: Nadeshko didn't even get a belt release, fam. That sucks.
1: Dude. Man. So yeah, Ya yeah, uh so yeah, uh Yaiba was like dope. The only thing is like I really wish she gets her own spin off.
3: Ooh. That would be really Can we cool. get
1: like a Comrade or Axel type thing where it's just like a Yeah. Action detective drama or something like that. I want that.
2: I feel like like if there was any character that she could put into a new series like that, I feel like it'd be her. I feel like they didn't do enough with her that they have enough wiggle room that they could make something happen.
4: Agreed. Um, As far as my overall thoughts on Zero One Go, I I feel like the, the most accurate way to describe the show is that when you get into the nitty gritty of it and you start really looking at it, there's a lot of structural problems with the show, but just on a casual watch, overall it, it holds up pretty well, depending on how you feel about um, tournament arcs, I guess. Um, it holds up pretty well up until Guy's Redemption, and then it gets its footing again after that, I feel like, for as far as a casual watch goes. I think it
3: gets its footing back once the focus gets away from Guy finally and yes. back to Horobi. Yeah,
4: yeah, I feel that's where that's definitely where the strength of the show was, for sure. Yeah, Metsubo Jinrai should have been the main villain, like the whole time. Yeah, I agree. I think what's great
3: about it, going back to the the Izu episode, uh when he does that, is that when it finally gets revealed towards the end, is that you wanna say that it was all about his malice and proving that it was malice, but no, he made that decision to go after Izu out of fear of his own emotion. Yep. Like, mm. it was fear-based, not, I'm trying to take over the world based, it's, I'm scared of what I'm becoming. Yeah. Like, that's that's good writing right there. It
2: is. I mean, it takes, it, it's easy to write a good hero, I feel, but it's even better to write a good villain. And yeah. something mm-hmm. that's always been very important for me in watching Togusasu shows, and I feel like just shows in general, is that the villains need to be they need to have a good motivation and I also need to you know connect with them and I feel like they did a good job with that with Hirobi. I feel like Jin he started off one way and ended the series in a completely different fashion he had so much character growth and it's insane but like they at zero one if anything I think they handled their villains pretty well um guy not included um and I think that they handled their ensemble cast relatively well. I think they just struggled a little bit there in the midsection. And, you know, once they got their bearings back after the shutdown, I think they did pretty good for themselves. Overall, you know, pretty mid-tier, but definitely something that I I might go back and watch again in like five, six years.
3: I think it's worth noting, because uh, I know I mentioned at the front that I got in, in, onto the Soto kick. Yeah. A lot of the stores out here sell a lot of the Zero One uh little pop figures not pop figures, uh the little tiny desktop size figures and the Ooh. soto figures alongside the saber figures, and the last month straight, the saber stuff has still been on the shelf and all the Zero One stuff has been sold out.
4: Dang. I think
2: wow. that says a lot. <laughs> I think
4: it
3: that does. says a lot. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. that says a lot.
4: Zero One is a fantastic show and the designs are great. Except for Zero Two. No, actually I love Zero Two.
1: Dude I know it's been like forty minutes since we had an argument. we can argue about <laughs> zero two oh, no, no,
4: no. <laughs> Here we go I, again. I love zero two. Can I make my case against it? I
1: mean we're already an hour and a half in, so we want, we words want or to, less we don't we don't we don't want this to go on too long because it's we're already an hour and a half in Wait, it's wait, I'm sorry, who
2: hates in. the zero two suit? me uh, oh, that's unfortunate <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, listen, it's just. It's, we don't have
1: time if anything you should hate the what was the last one not it was a uh, what was the last suit at the last episode what was
4: it? oh uh progrising hopper is that the one Re- no realizing realizing hopper you mean oh realizing hopper realizing yeah. hopper yeah I mean, I mean that's i don't count that as like an actual power up that was like the,
1: that wasn't I like I a... I'm just saying i as far as design goes at
4: least zero two is way better well if, Realizing Hopper is literally just Zero-One, but shiny. Is it?
3: I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Based in enough groups that I've read through, there's a four-way argument for what Zero-One's final form is based off how the story <laughs> is It's O's all over
2: again. Oh my god. Oh it, it,
3: it's part O's all over again. I think personally, and I, I, I'll give my reason real quick and I'll leave it at that. I believe that the final form, despite my own feelings, is... Uh, realizing or progressing Hopper only what? because it's the biggest slap in the face to fans of, like, okay, you guys want to argue over what's the final form? It's the original one. Deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's
1: gosh. a troll move. That's true. That is true.
4: I mean... From a, from a, from an an objective standpoint, from the way that they normally do things, zero two is, it's zero two. It's zero two. It's zero two is the final form. But regardless of that, it's what my, my biggest problem with it is just that I feel like they didn't plan ahead of time what the design language of the, of the power progression was going to be. Because in so many ways, it kind of feels like. In, in so many ways, it kind of feels to me personally like Shining Hopper should have been what they were building up to. I, I get how you feel uh, that way. I do. Here, here's the thing. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Man, this is going to be over 40 minutes. Zero two, <laughs> looks, uh, zero two looks so much like a first upgrade because of how sleek it is. And I, I don't have a problem with sleek power-up suits. It's been done well before. You got really great design language in Kuga where you go from his weakest form where it's white to his colored forms, to there's some gold accents, and then he's got gold accents, and, but it's black. It's like the polar opposite of where he started, and that communicates the power progression while also being a really sleek suit. Compare that to the design language of Zero-One, where, you know, Shining Hopper looks kind of like it could be a first upgrade, but it also kind of looks like it ties a number of design elements together. Um, Metal Cluster Hopper looks like, you know, it's fine for a second main, like a, like a a super form. Um, but then you get zero two and zero two looks like it's a step between shining hopper and, uh, and rising hopper. And so for me in that way, just in terms of the visual design, it doesn't really tie together all that well. And I know that they have like some color accents that tie together all those forms. To me, that doesn't do the job. And also in terms of powers, also, um the the way then, they the then way you're they missing describe. the point. But do
2: you realize <laughs> yeah. what Zero Two is supposed to like emulate though? I, I, know,
4: yeah. what it, I know what it's supposed to emulate, but I they...
2: it's the ray it's the first Rayra writer, bro. They're gonna they wanna but,
3: It's the first Ray Ra White rider. It's tying back to all the things coming before it, especially going all the way back to the show, the fact that there's a first writer and a second writer, a I, one and a two. And I called this back in the day I know. because design-wise, it doesn't look like an upgrade. It looks like a companion, like it could be its own separate The writer. neckerchief
2: literally says two, bro. Like, come on. I
4: know that. I know <laughs> that. But this is – it. it could they could have done that for a movie thing. I prefer – And they are.
2: Well, the summer <laughs> movie got canceled. So good, great news. It's in the show now
4: what what i what i prefer in terms of design progression is like I, I i can appreciate that they were trying to do a homage to uh ichigo to to rider number 2 but at the same time i i like the internal design language within just this one show to be more consistent than it was and that that's that's how i feel about it's not Zero that two.
2: deep but it's okay
4: you wanted
1: it to be like Fully gold and have, like, gold dreadlocks. And-
2: <laughs> no, no,
1: no. It's Bro, a- just it's say, a-
2: like, Metal Cluster Hopper. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay, man.
3: I went through the same thing with Gaim. I wish Kachidoki Arms had been the final forms because uh, yeah. I didn't like Kiwami. I was in that boat before, too. But here, I called this, and it looks like it, I still might have a chance at this. I said when they were introducing, when we first got the designs for Zero Two... That at some point I was hoping and I had my fingers crossed that Naki would gain the power of Zero Two and fight alongside Aruto and they would be the new Raywa Double Riders. That would have been better at the end of the series. But look at this: at the end of the series, they don't have the ability to transform. But now we've just seen the picture, the 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 little bit of a trailer that we've gotten for the Zero One movie. And who do we see? We see Zero-One and Zero-Two
4: next to each other. It still might happen. Okay. if, if might ha- drop. I'll be okay with it if that happens, but I do wish it had happened in show because Zero-Two is still the final form.
2: They lost five episodes, my dude. <laughs> it's not
4: about that though.
1: <laughs> I will just say like, before we move on that, it, I just felt like it was, it made sense to the story. It was him, rebo- he was rebooting, he was restarting his company. He wanted to make his own suit, and he wanted to still be zero one, like he wanted it to be like that. And he wanted to; it was like a start from zero, but it was also kind of an upgrade. I don't know. I feel like it still. I feel like it still worked, and it was going against what we've had for the past twenty years of how final forms work.
3: I and I loved that the fact that it was less is more.
1: That's the thing about zero one. Zero one went against a lot of norms. That, were go- that we were sort of used to in Heisei. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciated that when it came to Zero Two. And that's kind of what I'm disappointed in with Saber, which we'll get into later, is that it kind of feels like it's going back to Heisei aesthetics. But with Zero I One, with I feel that. like Two worked. And I worked really well,
4: actually. Well, I, I guess if I were just to sum up the way that I feel about it, it's just, I feel like they could have done that so- sort of story significance while also tying in more design elements that make it feel like the culmination of the hopper power line. Gold dreadlocks.
2: And and rainbow. <laughs> we want fruit on the chest and it's going to be really weird looking.
3: <laughs> all the progress keys were going to be stuck all over it. Faces all over, the f-
1: all over it as the well. The progress
2: yeah. keys are going to be the shoulder pieces. And <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: I will, I will, will, this is another mountain I will die on, apparently.
3: But you don't realize it's never over. It's never over. Okay, I did like that.
4: I did like that.
1: We'll continue this feud on Twitter. All right, let's move on. All right, let's move on. Let's go on to Kira Major. And this one, I'm going to be quiet on because I haven't seen too much of it. I've seen like up to... Whenever Silver shows up, I think. Okay.
2: I'm right around there, too. Uh-huh.
1: I've seen all of it. And I kind of stopped, because I I hate Silver. <laughs> so I kind of just stopped.
2: I, I wanted to watch it. I just haven't had... I've had a horrible time with juggling work and all sorts of other things. Yeah. But I yeah remember thinking that it started off pretty strong. Like, I liked mm-hmm. the thought of um, Juru and how he kind of became the Red. And I liked how everybody else was kind of selected for their roles and the way that they the way that they introduced everybody I think was really really nice and yeah I I, I like it more than I've liked a lot of the past Sentai seasons so I'm, I'm hopeful that it continues to do well I'm only on um, episode yeah. like 13 or 14 I believe so I've still got some time okay. to go um but I have been liking it and it's been really nice to enjoy a Sentai again after so
4: long I'm on episode 31, I think, is the most recent one before the one that airs, like, tonight. At, at the time oh, like, of recording. Yeah.
1: Wait. Oh, shoot. Okay. I was like, "What? how are we on episode 30? And I'm like, oh, right, it's November.
4: <laughs> I know. It's just, been it, a minute. It, it still feels like it should be April, almost. Not maybe not April, maybe more like June, July.
3: I, I like that as a cast, or really as the cast of characters... Mm-hmm. uh. With the exception of uh, of two of them, the rest of them are, like, more adultish than other rangers before and have jobs.
2: Yeah, I like that.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They're not small children.
3: Exactly. <laughs> like, I get two of them are in high school, but one of them's, like, clearly I'm on the road to getting a scholarship being a track star. One of them's an accomplished doctor. One of them's an accomplished actor. One of them's an accomplished uh, esports gamer like,
1: they have lives. I yeah. love that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and then one of them likes to draw. And I I like that, too.
1: Of the of the episodes that I've seen, which is the first few, or first several, Juru was the one that kind of, like, surprised me the most. Because when I first saw him in the first few episodes, I was like, okay, the, I see what they're going for. Um, I like him, but it's not, like, there's nothing too different about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that he supports his team and the way he leads by not leading, because uh-huh. he's it's clear that he's like inexperienced and he's the youngest of them all, I think. I think so. So, yeah, he yeah. leans
4: into everyone else's expertise. Yeah, yes. There was that big theme where he was, uh, uh shoot, what was it? There was an episode with uh, t- he was talking to Tomitomo, yellow, um. Uh-huh. And, you know, Tame was not happy that, uh, that Juru was the leader because he's like, hey, wait a second, I'm clearly the most skilled at giving strategies and executing on them and whatnot, so why aren't I the leader? Um, and y- you see that Juru just really does lean on what everyone else is good at, and then he supports them from behind, and that makes him a strong leader because he, he holds up the rest of the team.
2: I, I feel like I don't really mind that he takes a back seat because at least one, where yeah. where I am in the show, I feel like that's, you know, right when he was getting sick. So I feel like it's reasonable that he's taken a backseat. But I feel like mm-hmm. it in in general, the newbie red trope is something that is kind of like a welcome difference from what we've had before in the sense of he's so new that he's just trying to get a grasp of everything. And, you know, everyone else clearly has a better idea of what's going on, but it's it, it's I don't know what it is, but he's he's a lot more charming in a way of like uh-huh. oh you're you're like you're doing the best that you can and you're being super supportive of your team and he right. he always is just kind of like he's like he's like I just know what to say that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, I think what's what's the strength of Judo as a character is like compared to other. Um, I'll say young, uh, reds that lean on the young end, the energetic end. We've had a lot of them before. We've had the red that's the fish out of water before. We've had all of those things about his character before. The thing about Judo that I think makes him stick out more than other reds that came before him is that, to me, uh, a lot of the charm of his character feels like he's very much acceptant of who he is as a person. Like, oh, I am I draw. This is what I, I do. I may be a little bit, uh in a way, kind of like ADHD about things, but that doesn't mean I'm a hindrance. It actually is my strength. Yeah. And the way that he applies that same view of the world about himself to the others, like, look, just because you don't like this thing about you, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just you. That's your strength. Like, And that's kind of how he overcame the hurdle with uh, Tamatomo. That's how he's overcome the hurdle with uh, Shiguru. Like, he, he manages to show them who they are, by just being himself and that kind of way that he's just a naturally okay person mm-hmm. in that just very simple way makes him a strong red without him having to yell or be taking his shirt off every five episodes like some <laughs> other reds like that I think is the most refreshing part about him.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me, with he's like a more timid version of Lucky from Q-Ranger. Cause Q range, cause well, in the fact, Uh, he's in the, in the respect that, uh, if you take away the fact that, you know, lucky is quote unquote lucky or whatever, he sort of supports his team. Uh, like he, he doesn't make them feel like they're doing something wrong. If something is, you know, if things are not working out, like he, the way he problem solves things is he appeals to what their strengths are. And he works on being a team. And I think that that's kind of what uh, Judo is doing, but to a more wholesome and genuine degree. I
3: I think a lot of it, too, is that I think the difference with Lucky was the fact that, especially in that series in Q-Ranger, the writing itself felt like a while, like, without saying it out loud, they knew that Lucky was just relying on, well, I am Lucky, I will just stuff will make itself work out for me because I'm the main character. I have the plot armor, and I know I have the plot armor. Whereas Judo, I feel like he understands that his strength is I will find an, a unique way to get around things. Yeah. I agree. And that's that's the thing that works best for me is that you guys do what you know to do best. I don't know what I, I'm going to do, but as opposed to like other uh, iterations where uh imagination was a thing that's literally my thing is that i'm an Mm -hmm. artist i'm creative and because i have that creativity that's going to be the thing that i bring to the team my creative i will find a creative way to help us out
2: i feel like in the way that like lucky is kind of like almost arrogant and uh the dissonance of that juru's like humble and he's not yes that's a much
4: better way of putting it yeah I would like to point out also just to defend Lucky a little bit. You don't have to. This whole thing is like he makes his own luck. That's that's what the whole final theme was about in the last stretch of Q-Ranger. But I do see what you're saying. And I agree about Juru. And honestly, as someone who loves to create as well, I really identify with Juru and his creative tendencies. There's one episode early on where... He makes some comment like everyone else is trying to train him or whatever, and he he makes some comment near the end or whatever about how it's like it's like don't you know how little endurance artists have? <laughs> like 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 we, we like yeah. we, when we feel the creative impulse, we gotta go.
3: Exactly, and like if you make any if you make fan art, if you make videos, if you make music, whatever, you felt that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Like I I feel like yeah, Juru's implementation of the whole imagination thing is so unique and so interesting that as much as I love Tokyuger I love the way that he uses imagination a bit more than they do even though it makes sense for them because of how that story turns out it makes sense why they their imagination works that way with Juru I just love that I just love that he uses creative like he said creative ways to get around things like with the um, I'm gonna get the names wrong but that uh, the main bad guy's mech is like that dinosaur thing. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he's like, okay, I'm going to take that and can we just combine with it? It's like, I don't know. Can we? He's like, well, we won't know until we find out. And then he does it. And then he basically takes over the bad guy's mech. And then he like, he he does that and he's like, you're never going to be able to do that again. And he just keeps doing
4: it. Yes, but, okay, so I don't know if you saw uh, when they got their own other train mech. Right.
3: The shark one.
4: Yes, so they got got the shark one, and that was almost like, okay, well, you know, we can't always count on the other guy having his (laughs) mech here, and we can't just keep taking it. It was ridiculous. Let's make our own. I just just
1: love the audacity to be like, let's just use the bad guy's mech against him, and then (laughs) he can't do anything about it. (laughs)
3: From a gaming aspect, maybe some of you guys might understand what I mean when I say this uh, in terms of the way it's implemented. It's kind of the way I felt about exploring the world for the first time in uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, where you have that kind of approach to things of, wait, can't I just do that? And then you try it and then it works. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of natural way of like, well, I kind of see something that would work in front of me. Why don't I just try it? He's kind of basically using the scientific method of like, okay, I, I've got a theory about how this is going to work. Let me try it out. Hey, it worked. And if it doesn't work, I'll try it a little different. Yeah.
4: When you put it that way, it's almost kind of self-referential in that way where they're just like, hey, he's got a robot. We got a robot. I wonder.
3: Yeah, exactly. He's that. That's the way the creati- – that's the creativity in action. That is his superpower.
1: Yeah. I've, this is this is another show that I'm just like I want to get back into it and watch because I'm blown away by how positive everybody is on the show and that hasn't happened with Sentai in a long time. I feel like, like I feel like there's a lot of positivity and just love for Kira Major, and I feel bad and I feel bad that I am not really enjoying it that much. But maybe it's just
4: where my headspace was at when I was trying to watch it at the time. Well, here's here's how I see Kita Major. I think that like 70% of the enjoyment I get from it comes from the characters. The characters are just written I agree. so well. I agree. And you know, it it's not quite as it's it's not quite as big on overarching story. They're sort they're starting to work their way towards that now, but they've had like these little mini arcs that are that really get to highlight all the characters particularly yeah. well and they had a really good arc for uh takamichi uh Kime silver where um he was you, you know they always when they bring in the sixth ranger more often than not he'll try to be the loner try to do things himself he's 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 got his own agenda um takamichi's thing did. yeah they did that takamichi's thing was that he wanted to do that because he was trying to save his sister from the fate of their mother who fell to a curse um and then the whole rest of the team is like okay well Let's help you with that. And it leads to this whole adventure trying to get those, uh, I forget what they called them, the the, the, the wish uh, stones. Yeah, like the, the magic stones that Grant wishes. And, um, and that gave a chance to highlight all the characters and to highlight Takamichi and bring them all gradually closer together until the end of that arc where he's like, wow. You know, I guess that was handled. I thought that was going to be more like an endgame plot, but I guess not. Apparently we're done with that, so I'm just with you guys now.
3: And I I think that it's at that point where you get past the arc of the introduction of the 6th or 7th Ranger, or whoever it is, your extra Ranger, uh, in other seasons of Super Sentai, If you don't have me at that point, you've lost me, which is kind of how I felt about Ryu Soldier. Like, if you don't have me by the introduction of your sixth, I'm not sitting through the rest of this because I know everything's going to be all right at the end of the day. But thankfully, these characters have been all so enjoyable to listen to and be around that I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I do want to see more of you guys just because I enjoy your company.
4: What a mood. (laughs) Yeah,
3: like we haven't had a capable, cool pink in a while like this or even at all i wonder in some ways like sayo being as cool and collected as she is but at the same time uh like as as much of a supporting member of the team as she is like i that is refreshing for me that we have a pink that's you know sort of like no she's a doc yeah she's a beauty but she's a doctor who's also an accomplished drummer it's like this she's she's in the running for oh, yeah. best pink that we've had in a long time.
1: As bad of a show as it is, uh the Pink Ranger in Ninja is pretty
4: capable. I was gonna say that, like I'll give you that. Although I would make so so I would make the case for uh Washi Pink being pretty useful, at least early on in Q Ranger. But more so, I think you can make the case for it in uh, Ninja. But I don't like Ninenger, and I don't think that any of their characters were particularly great. Nah. Except uh, except for, like, the dad and the sixth. Um, but, so if we go... Like, you got to kind of have to go even further back than that to find a real capable pink.
3: And then, yes, we have to bring up, we did the Geki Ranger podcast. Yep. And then later that night <laughs> was when they announced... <laughs> The Geki Ranger tie-in episode. Was that after it? That was
4: just after we right. recorded. Yeah, we did. That was, mm, You know, it was, yeah. actually seeing that episode... So I've never watched Geki Ranger. But seeing that episode, I still oh. felt its impact. Because they made parts of its world, like canon to the world of Kira Major. And they even flashed back two Geki Ranger clips to help explain the missing context. And I thought that they handled it all pretty well. Like they put the Geki Ranger emblem on things and they, they were using ways that I guess they probably talked in Geki Ranger. The uh, John speak. They called it, yeah, they called it John speak. So they, that was probably from, I, I, I assume that's how um the red Ranger spoke and everyone else yes. around him just eventually hopped on board.
1: That got me that like, I, I'll it be honest, you. I got a little bit emotional when they started talking about John speak and how, like, they started explaining it and what it means and all that stuff. I was like, oh,
4: and, is- and it was a central so- plot point of the episode, too. I wanted more of them.
1: I did. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. That was
4: such a good episode.
1: It was cool. I, I skipped over just to watch that episode. I was like, I haven't seen a bunch of it, but I was like, I want to watch. I want to see No, I'm not going to
4: say...
3: It, it's perfect. One thing I'll give it, and it's only a minor complaint, is uh, having an additional bad guy in Yodona, I wish they had introduced her
4: way earlier, like, at the beginning. I actually kind of disagree. Um, uh, hmm. The So I like that they introduced Yodona kind of late. I, I, it could have worked, I think, if they had introduced her around the time Takamichi was getting used to everyone. Like, maybe, like... Uh, okay, yeah. But, uh... But I I wouldn't have wanted her from the beginning, simply because she does add a wrinkle into things. And I like the drama that that brings, having her come in later in the story.
3: I can at least give you that, that around the same time as Takamichi, that probably would have worked better. But maybe not completely at the beginning, but definitely earlier than what she was.
4: Sure, I could see the case for that. Honestly, I was fine with it, with her coming in when she did. But I could see the case for her coming in earlier. Um, As for, like... What they're doing with her, I think she's a really interesting villain. I mean, she's she's kind of really campy uh, in in some ways, but you know, it's Tokusatsu. I'm here for the camp. Uh, but I just think that it was it was really also interesting how they introduced her, where she's like in disguise, and um, Tame Tomo was explaining to her what it means to laugh, and then she just keeps referencing that later on. She's just like, "Is this a moment where I would laugh?" <laughs> Um and Garza's just like I don't know, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And then also she reveals um in one of the most recent episodes that um she had the king of Crystallia and he was like frozen like uh like Han Solo. Um Yeah. I I remember
3: saying that like, "Oh man, they did him like Han Solo."
4: Yeah. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Um and then like it, that was the very same episode where they had to go to the, to the Holy Land, Atamald, to find the power to heal the uh, Kitame stones who were injured. And they free... And, and it's, again, Juru's uh, creative thinking that gets them out of that pinch where he discovers the king, frees his spirit, it goes into another Kitame stone, and then he's a Kitame stone. And you see him crumble apart in, the, in Yoron, And everyone's like, oh, like, like she was so sure in that moment where she was like, yeah, no, we got him. He's going to die. It's great. And then he crumbles apart and Garza's like, uh, he's not dead. And she's like, wait, what? (laughs) I I really liked that.
3: My only issue with it, and this kind of goes back to Ryu Soldier, is the whole thing of, like, or or really in uh, a lot of Tokusatsu where death as an ultimate thing, like, it can't be undone. It's actual. It's an actual consequence. Like going through the whole series of having like maybe the ghost of King Oradine being there to guide Juru was pretty cool to me. But then it's like, no, he's fine. He's over here. Or like, uh, the queen. Like, oh man, the queen died when the planet died. No, she's over here. She's in this. She's in this thing. The the little crest. It's like, well, then damn. Like, what what problem do we
4: have here? Yeah, yeah. I do kind of wish your they parents hadn't... are fine. I. D- <laughs> I do wish they didn't bring back the queen, but bringing back the king has a certain other kind of flavor to it. Like, I feel like the way they did it specifically where they waited so long to reveal, actually there's a way that he can come back. Um, and then they bring him back and it's it's, it's this big surprise because no one assumed up till then that the king would return. Um, at least I don't think maybe, maybe there's someone in the fandom, but, uh, they, they they lead you to believe that he's gone, but his spirit lingers, and then you find out that he gets to come back, and it's this really powerful moment, and I don't know. I just think the way they did it was um, the right way to do it, if they were going to do that. Um, I think that they could have left the Queen dead, and that would have been fine, um, but like, I, I maybe it just comes down to a difference in preference as to what kind of plot you want to see.
3: My only thing is now that he's a giant bird, I don't care how
4: they do it, I just want I'm sorry, what? for him to Oh he's a phoenix. That's that's his machine form. Yeah, uh. he he turns into a giant phoenix. Which actually <laughs> brings together the visual motif uh with the Gokita majors. Which I, I appreciate. That's
3: good that's good theming. Very good design. My only thing is that now that he is some giant animal I know it's a reach, and I know I'm being that guy, but all I want him to do is attack on his own against a giant monster and just get in a real quick... Oh,
4: that would be great. (laughs) That would be great.
3: Because he's the voice of Kivat.
4: Oh, right. Well, I have one last thing to add. I really appreciate the return of the five-person team power-up I'll agree to that. I think the last time we saw that was what Gosager. It's been a while.
3: No, uh,
1: we've had it since then. When? No, we. I don't think we have. Hold on.
4: Okay, yeah, go through it. I'll wait. Go through. You didn't get it in Tokyo. Sir? Nope the 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 gold the gold train thing. Isn't is one at a time. The hyper hyper Russia.
3: Okay. uh... Yeah, son of a gun! <laughs>
4: <laughs> Told you. So yeah, it's the first time in like what? Ten, oh gosh, how, it's not ten years. It's how long since is, we're getting close, but not quite ten years. But it's been a while since no, it was we've 2010,
1: had 2010, Yeah, twenty eleven. Twenty really? eleven was, was Go kaiju right?
4: Oh, you're right. I think. I don't know. I I got into.
1: Go was filmed during the the tsunami in the.
4: Okay. The, so yeah, it's been 10 years since we've had a five-person simultaneous team power-up. Yeah. And now it's back.
1: I got a question before we move on. Uh, yeah. Move off of uh, Kira Major. Since uh, since Kira Major, I mean, as far as like Toei is concerned, Rio getting tested positive was kind of the epicenter of it all. Or at least the start uh-huh. of it. Sure. Uh, considering that Kira Major was still in its, like, first quarter or whatever of its show when things lock down, do you feel, can you feel in the story, can you feel that that month gap or whatever? Like,
4: you can feel it with zero one. No, no, not uh, not really. Y- it was way less palpable. Okay, because it's way earlier and they didn't have as much plot going.
2: The the thing right. that I think hurt them the most was in the moment when it happened. And like for example, with zero one, how they kind of buffed everything or buffered everything out was to have like these little recap episodes um, and right. like shoot offs into like different characters' backstories and whatnot. While Kira Major really struggled because they didn't really have that. They didn't have that kind of, like, world build-up yet. So, in the moment, I feel like it hurt them because they really didn't have anything to air except for just rehashing the eight episodes we all just watched. But Mm -hmm. then, now, it's been to their benefit because they haven't really, like, suffered a lot. Like, obviously, like, you know, their Red had suffered a lot, but, you know, he's, I think, gotten better and is now back in the wagon again, so...
4: But basically, if you go back and revisit the show later down the line, like, a few years from now, you're not going to feel the effect besides maybe seeing yeah. that in the episode list, the recaps.
1: What about, like, filming-wise?
4: You can notice a little bit of it, just
3: like you can in Zero-One with the distance in seeing the set extras around. But otherwise, yeah. you feel it visually and story-wise way less than it affected Zero-One. Okay. Absolutely. That, that makes it, sense. It's actually kind that of makes sense.
2: funny... Um, when i was catching up on episodes um i actually noticed that there is characters there are characters that were green screened and like composited in that weren't so, yes. so it makes it look yes. like they're all in those then the room together when in reality they clearly like filmed everybody in really? different scenes wait
4: the main cast i didn't even yeah. notice that wow in those first in those first,
3: like, two or three episodes when they came back. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I need to go back and check that out. One
4: yeah. one wow. of the implementations that I was a fan of was the episode where, um, where Judo's identity is found out by a classmate, one of the bratty girls who is teasing him in detention. Um, I, I think it was detention. Um, either way, there was a whole episode where he and her got stuck together, they were holding hands, and he just stayed transformed the whole time. And that was a really cool implementation, because the suit actor is in the helmet and they have sure they're holding hands the whole time but like they can be that close because they have a full head covering
2: well and that's also a really common uh kind of trick that toy will do um and have done for a while for when like actors for one reason or or another like can't make it to set like they just they just put the suit actor in there like if you watch like Ryoma, any time that he was too busy doing whatever, tennis musical or whatever he was starring in at the time, they just were like, all right, yeah. person in the lemon suit, go sit down in the science room and make science things. <laughs> like, you see that a lot. And it's just, they it, same thing with um, uh, Mezudu from O's. She had the same issue because she was a very uh-huh. popular idol at the time. So we saw her uh, transformed self more often than her human self.
1: Right.
3: And in those episodes, right after, not only do you see the compositing shots, but uh, they find excuses for them to transform way earlier in the episode, yeah. so that they can switch over to the suit actors. But the thing about it is, because it's Super Sentai, you're there for the suits anyway. So if you're not looking for it, you hardly
4: notice it. Right. What's interesting right. is you also notice a lot of extras wearing masks.
2: Well, it,
3: that yes, very very much
4: so.
2: In the in the parts where I'm at in the show, it's. I I'm also noticed that Judo doesn't go outside a lot right now. Like, where I'm at, like, I just finished where we just got uh, Silver, and he's in, like, the couple of episodes afterwards where he's just trying to get acclimated with everybody. Like, for context, the last one that I just finished watching was the one with the red light, green light. Um, with Oh, yeah. Silver. Okay. So right now, what I'm seeing is that he's doing a lot of, like, hanging out in the background in the... Um, in the base um, with Pineapple Apple Pen guy. And then... I love him. I love him, too. And then when (laughs) he leaves, the second he steps outside, he's suddenly transformed. And I think that's a... Man, I didn't notice that. That's a really good way to kind of, like, mask it. Because, you know, unless you're, like, looking for it, like, if somebody, you know, comes back to that show three years from now, it's like it was said earlier, it's... It's not going to be noticed as much as, say, zero one suddenly having a bunch of jumps and dissonance in the way that it was paced.
4: Yeah. On the on on the topic of uh I love the moments where they make ap- pa- apple pen or shoot. I can never remember the name of that song. pen
3: pineapple apple pen, pineapple, pen. Yes,
4: that that that. They they. I love the moments where they make jokes about it. Where they'll go, oh, this thing and this thing.
2: Ugh. <laughs> wa pen pendas.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna get off on this for two seconds. Uh I think that Kira Major should go over to the States and be adapted. Yes. And they've it's pretty much written itself. We're dealing with a bunch of crystals. You adapted over here as Power Ranger's Neo
4: Zio. Oh no, oh my no, God. no. I really <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh. Josh, I'm mad that you put that out in the world. Oh, no. no here.
3: I'm a, I'm gonna take it a step further. No um, look at the core footage here. We've got an older character with glasses who is uh looking over the range the younger rangers before them, and they tease that they could have become a gold ranger. He's not oh, back. No 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 There's no 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 they have a chance to make things right. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you can make it right
1: for a whole new generation. I'm just saying. Wait, does pineapple apple pen become a ranger?
3: Uh no. Oh. They think he wants to be. They think he wants to be. They had a suit made. Oh, that and one. Then...
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But it seems like the kind of thing like they would do like with Tokyo, where after the series is over, oh, they right. will get like an extra special and then they'll
4: actually make it a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To- to- Tokyo Nanago. Is it
2: kind of like in Drive where they had the captain, that uh, the police squad that wanted to be, <laughs> he wanted to be a rider so l- bad, so he put on like a bike. A little art. bit.
4: <laughs> a little bit, but they actually have like a costume. Like a, like a good costume.
2: I love that man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, um, a, a, like, y'all are allowed to not like him. I like him. <laughs> I, I like him.
2: I like him.
3: I,
4: w- I won't argue you about that one. Alright, so should we move on to uh, Garo sure. VR? Sure. I have nothing that I can say about I Garo VR. I haven't v- seen it.
2: <laughs> Garo I'm VR. sure it's great.
3: And for those of you who don't know, VR stands for very
4: rad.
2: <laughs> exactly. Now I, I is, do. This have this
4: is the the common rider X-8 of Garo.
2: I do have one question. Does it have Masahiro uh-huh. Inoue in it?
4: No. no, it does not.
2: Wow. Did was he busy? Like what is he doing that he's not in Garo right now?
3: Um so the the thing about this one uh, to do the lead in is this is the one of the Garo series that is set apart from everything else. You don't have to have watched any of the other seasons. It's 12 episodes in and of itself, unto itself, in a completely borrowed plot from Sword Art Online. And uh, it's that plus Garo. And really what it is, is is an excuse for, out of the 12 episodes, 11 episodes of some pretty dope fights.
1: Yeah, I was going to comment on that, like, because... Yeah, it's it's the least Toku Garo, I think.
3: Well, it's it's the least monster centric Garo because the fights are more amongst the people than it is the horrors.
1: And you also don't see really many suits at all. There's like three suits as far as I've seen so far.
3: But it's it's just an excuse for seeing these actors who are all capable of doing these amazing stunts and one-on-one, or sometimes like three-on-one fights.
1: I was a bit worried in the beginning because I was like, "Oh, this fight is pretty cool," but is it is this kind of caliber going to withstand throughout? And holy crap, <laughs> it just keeps going, and I think it's actually really well done, considering like it seems like a lot of the actors are doing a lot of their own stuff too. Yes, for the most part, uh, pretty much all of them yeah uh what's what's uh the character's name is akane the model yes like i was surprised at the, what that act that person was doing it was like dude some cool cool stuff uh as far as like uh how the action is interwoven into the story i mean it's it's basic you know battle royale you're dying in the video game you die in real life die kind in of thing. real life Kind of a thing um, But I love I'm starting, like I'm not done with it yet I, I got a couple episodes left to go But I, I am loving how they're Integrating the Garo myth Into this whole thing uh-huh. Which I feel like is pretty cool um, It's a different take on it I'm interested to see where it goes With it um, I will. Um I will go ahead and
3: make the executive Decision on my end to not spoil the end For you
1: I remember seeing George talk about it and being like, "Because he was actually upset oh. that people spoiled it for him." Yeah, it's uh,
3: it's it's interesting. I'll I'll put it that way. It's okay. interesting compared to how other finales have gone
1: in Garo specifically. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I've, I'm I'm digging it. I, I'm not too hot on the main actor or the main character anyway. The actor is uh-huh. doing all right, but the character is kind of. I still, I'm 10 episodes in to a 12 episode show and I'm still, I don't know where he is kind of thing. I don't uh-huh. know if that's something that you got on your end, but for me, it was like, he was one way and then he's another way, but it feels like two different people kind of, or he's kind of wishy-washy. I don't know. I, I can
3: kind of see how that, how that would come across. To me, it's, it's still been pretty consistent, but I can see how that, how you'd
1: get that read. I don't think he's bad. I just, it's, it's, I'm, I guess I'm just so used to Garo having this like definitive character as like the main character. You know what I mean? Someone is just like, that's the hero. This is who he is kind of thing. So this is a very different take where it's like, it's not someone who's more reluctant to be a hero. Like he's not in it to be a hero, really. That is, hold on to that and it'll carry you through. I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. Dope, dope. Um but yeah this is a very different garage show but I'm digging it. I it if it if it continues on this path and if it has a if it has a fulfilling finale it may be one of my favorite tokusatsu shows of the year. I I think you'll enjoy the ending. Uh for me having seen
3: a lot of uh action movies during lockdown mm. um this th- most of the action in Versus Road was actually more satisfying than a lot of the stuff that I was watching like uh like the finale of the Man series with donnie yen mm. like
1: yeah this was kind of better you know what i kind of agree that that movie was kind of a letdown for me so yeah
3: take take it at that it's better than that <laughs> <laughs> okay okay choreography okay. wise
1: uh shoot I, I had another point about it but we can we can move on uh I, i'm cool with it we can move on okay cool uh let's talk about Ultraman Z. Ooh, I'm here for that.
2: I love Ultraman Z so far.
1: I request that you chant my name. <laughs> Ultraman, Ultraman Z. Z! <laughs>
2: Masaki Dude. Endo kills that theme. Masaki Endo Dude, kills that theme.
4: That opening song
1: is absolutely
3: so good.
4: It's fire. So good. See 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 I wish I could sing it but it just comes out as Ultraman Z. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as
3: far as doing a lot of things uh that are consistent through a lot of ultraman series uh Z does a pretty good job of getting the base points across about what make an ultraman series like here's your science team, here's the monsters, here's how an ultraman works, here's how the powers work here's the thing here's the cutscene you're gonna see every week where he shows off the toy. we are really showing off the toy, here's the upgrades and it's been pretty consistent from there as far as this is who our main character is, this is his motivation, uh while still being entertaining enough and unique enough to not be mistaken for any of the other Ultramen
4: so far. Mm. Is this show like very consistent with the majority of new generation Ultraman shows? Cuz mm-hmm. I I my this is my first Ultraman show. But I finished, I started watching Jeed when he appeared in the show, and I finished uh-huh. that within a week. And so, is I don't know if Jeed is not the norm. Jeed is, I don't think Jeed is a norm, because it's
1: also kind of a continuation of an ongoing story. Kind of? Well, n- that that's a tough one.
3: Z here is, in its own way, a continuation of... Uh, Zero's story, That's true, yeah. which also ties into G that way. Um, the 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 thing of it is, I I like that even though there are legacy characters that show up, like Ace, like Jeed, uh, and some others who I won't mention, um, because it's ongoing. Uh, it still does a good enough job of not being off-putting. Like you could still get into it not knowing anything aside from the fact that, you know, you can't really watch the first episode because it's not up anymore. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I I will say, uh, as someone who also, like, this is pretty much their first Ultraman, um, I had just seen bits and pieces of, like, clips from people that were watching the show, and after picking it up from the beginning and, you know, starting it episodically, I've surprisingly really enjoyed it, and seeing, like... Every once in a while when I'm on, when I have the downtime at work to turn on, you know, the Tokusatsu channel and it plays Ultraman, I've noticed some of, like, the differences and how it used to be in, like, the Showa era versus how it is now and, like, what I'm seeing in right. Z. but right. I, I do like a lot of how the, the team is, um, you know, how they're built and how each person, you know, has their own thing that they're doing. I love... The captain so far, I think his character is really interesting in how he's, from what I understand, you know, this is just, I have a boyfriend that talks to my ear and kind of like explains little things to me that I need to know. Um, mm. How he basically uh-huh. got carried over from Jeed and how it's really kind of fun how they almost kind of meshed him together with the other character and how he's just kind of like laying low.
1: Oh, you're talking of the captain, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Okay, so he's from Orb. Orb.
2: Orb. Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: But he was in the Jeed movie.
2: That must be why oh, I was right. confused. Because That's oh, why right. I thought. Because yeah, yeah. G recognized him. Riku knew who he was, and he right. was like, yeah, "He was yeah, like, yeah. don't yeah. fucking say anything." So.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the events that they reference in those episodes, uh, they reference the movie actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: gotcha, but yeah I, gotcha.
4: for, I forgot he was in. I forgot he was in the G movie. Honestly. This is see it's it's a good thing I watched G earlier this year,
1: um, but yeah, it, there's def, it definitely has some markings that are similar to other Ultraman but it this show feels similar to Ultraman X a little bit. I was gonna say that uh, that very same thing. The team feels a lot similar to X's team. Yeah, and also like the how episodic it is. I mean, Ultraman in general is very episodic, um, but the fact. that the way that it does its story and the way it has like all these like legacy characters show up, it feels like X in that way as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. In my opinion, I think X did it a little bit better. But I also can't fault Ultraman Z too much because it, it had the pandemic to, you know, working against it. Uh, it's one of its head writers passed away just before the show started. So um, it had a lot of stuff against it.
4: It's comforting to me to hear that Ultraman is usually episodic. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you know, I'm coming from Sentai and Kamen Rider. And Sentai can be episodic. Um, Sometimes that can drag on a bit. For Ultraman, I I went in expecting the series to be half the length of those. And... So, when the when the when I watched I watched Jeed like when Jeed first appeared in Z, and I watched like all of Jeed within the course of like a week, um, so that I would be caught up in time to rewatch his debut. And so, so Jeed has a very different approach to its storytelling that is much more like Common Rider, yeah. where you've got this focus on a of main plot line. Yeah. Z doesn't really have that so much, but it hints at it and that's the part that kind of frustrates me because they have celebro who appears from time to time right, and right. early on he does stuff and then he just goes away and I didn't understand that at all. His actor left.
2: That that's one thing. His actor got oh. pulled off to do something else. So that's probably
4: oh, I see. that's probably why. Oh. oh. Well, oh. that's just unfortunate. Yeah,
1: because that was was one of my main complaints is that it's, I mean, I'm I'm used to Ultraman being a little bit episodic, I mean, as far as the new generation goes, but it feels like this show doesn't have a central plot, even though it's hinting at it a lot of the times. And the whole juggler thing is just like, I'm so confused as to why he's here. I like him in it. I like him in the show. He's, a He's very amusing, and I love how he interacts with everybody and how he gets annoyed yeah. at everything.
3: My favorite part of him is when he went chasing after, uh, was it Celebro? Um, he goes chasing after one of the monsters into the bathroom. <laughs> it disappears. He gives up finding it. He's like, oh, well, as long as I'm in here.
4: <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> that's That's great. I love that scene. It's
1: so funny. It was a good scene. Uh, yeah, I, I I do like the charm of the show a lot, and I th- every time I watch the show, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I love the the action in it. Like the action in the show is yeah. phenomenal. It's really I've been solid. liking it
2: a lot. It is in a you know, and how it compares to what we're typically used to with uh, like Rider and Sentai. It's so much more physical. And oh yeah it, it's mm-hmm. a lot more
4: it, it's more way more like wrestling yeah wrestling
2: martial arts like stuff like that whereas
4: you know it's, it's also it's also kind of slower and more deliberate in some ways it's
2: a different kind of fight choreography
4: and yeah. it's yeah.
2: very interesting to to think about and to to see it and i i uh, i was just gonna talk about the robots i like the robots oh yeah yeah <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I like, well, Robots. of course, you know, we've mentioned Sevenger. He's, you know, he's the first boy and he's the best boy because he always tries his best. Angry and boy. please watch out because I'm landing. Um, <laughs> but uh, And then you get the robot chicken, uh, Wyndham, which is also pretty good looking, too. And then you get King Joe, and King Joe's like, Mwah! he's perfect. His introduction is great. I like how they. Handled him and how they repurposed him, and now he's like this powerhouse, and he's really cool.
4: Did did your boyfriend fill you in on the fact that Wyndham and uh, Sevenger were also kaiju in previous Ultraman shows? Yes. Okay. I just thought that was real neat when I found that out.
2: Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't re- know that rest assured, my boyfriend knows plenty of things.
4: <laughs> I got I got <laughs> curious when they introduced King Joe because I did I I kind of figured out what was going on with King Joe. And then I was like, well, hold on. What about Wyndham? What about Sevenger? And then I looked it up. And yeah, there it was.
2: A lot of the monsters that he fights are, have been around for it's a while. It's called
3: a throwback. Yeah,
2: like Red King, stuff like that.
3: I appreciate any time Red King comes back. Yeah.
2: I just watched the episode with the egg and how he just is like, oh, my dad. Oh. And really just like hits you with the feels and he starts crying a lot more. So
4: also, oh, yeah, you're 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 in that plot arc.
2: Uh, I'm in a really good point in the show.
3: Wait, is everybody up to date?
1: No, I've, I'm I'm a couple episodes behind. Okay, so have you at least gotten to
3: rechallenge from the year 2020? Uh, I don't know.
2: No. I don't know what that means.
3: Yeah, I don't. It, it was the uh, episode 18. It was the Ultra Q throwback
4: episode. I, it doesn't sound like katie is anywhere near there
2: we're we're good to talk about that okay though, as long as it's not like plot related. i didn't even
4: know that was an ultra q throwback
3: yeah to a uh, challenge from the um from the year 2020 it's directly referencing uh the events of an ultra q episode
2: huh i just watched a little ultra q yesterday through the power of tokushatsu Ooh. ultra
1: nice. q is a fantastic show so so interesting I remember, there was one arc that i remember where he was uh i think did you mention it, it was the was it red king with the egg is that what you guys were talking about
2: yeah yeah when he's um fighting the two red kings and he realizes that they're just protecting the egg in the cave
1: yeah and it brings up this whole moral yeah. of like you know are all monsters do all monsters you know deserve to be killed or can we just like are some of them just inherently good and just like you know Should we let them go? You know, it was that that moral dilemma. Which,
3: again, it feels really like X at that point.
1: Honestly, that, for me, it uh, reminded me more of Taiga. Because Taiga's whole thing was about, like, Mm. monsters and humans kind of coexisting together kind of a thing. Uh, So I was, like, I was hoping that they would kind of lean in on that a little bit. And I was watching it with uh, my friend Jared, and we would talk about that a lot. And we're like, oh, man, we really hope that, you know, he kind of they kind of deal with the situation and kind of it hopefully they get to a resolution where, you know, if if we can avoid it, we won't destroy monsters kind of thing. Uh, but they kind of resolve it in a way where it's like, okay, we'll
4: kinda of... well, here's the thing though. Um I'm caught up to last week's episode, so not this week's. So I think this week's is episode twenty-one. Um so I'm caught up to episode twenty and while it kind of felt to me, based on the way they introduced that Red King plot, and based on the way they resolved it, I didn't think that it was going to have much of an impact beyond that basic plot arc, and you know, once he gets his power up or whatever. Um, but, you actually still see some of that uh, that experience affecting key's decision making okay. in episode 20. Okay. Uh, so that sorta of sticks with the character of it. And I thought that was real interesting.
1: That's good to hear. Because I yeah, I, I would I was hoping that it wouldn't be just like a one time thing and he kinda just goes back to status quo. I was hoping it would affect I mean, for, his character. For the
4: most part it was status quo, but the you know, when his judgment calls for it, I guess. Right. Okay. Um I that was also was the one thing that threw me off though, was the fact that he gets a power up like he gets His base three power-ups, just like how when I watched Jeed, he got his first three powers. Um, And then he gets his final form, and I was like, wait, we're just jumping right to the final form? Didn't Jeed have a form in between the two power levels? And uh, I don't know, this sort of threw me off a little. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm a new Ultraman fan, trying to figure out how Ultraman works. The golden dreadlocks come in later. (laughs) <laughs> you, you guys are Sorry. really uh attached to the <laughs> no it's not you guys just box. just just me
1: <laughs> oh okay <All> right. <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding no um i think that's a that's a recent development in the last like several years where it has this kind of a structure as far as power-ups go um i i didn't realize that this was the final form but i'm also a few episodes behind
4: well, they call it his his most powerful form, his ultimate form. Nah, that's just a name only. They'll probably have another one. Yeah, for the toy to sell, they'll break another way to make it. I'd appreciate if they gave him like a final power up.
3: I I will say this about the forms. I appreciate how much they've committed to Beta Smash being the the one that would show up on Monday Night Raw because that's <laughs> the most wrestler centric mm-hmm. one. Oh yeah, that's a really it's but, really good. The noise, the sound design, really of Gamma Future. I love that suit, and I love the sounds that it makes when it moves. Yeah,
1: yeah, I that's agree. A, that's a, but I, I, but I also really love uh, Alpha Edge. I love, I love, I love the uh, Slugger nunchucks that he has. <laughs> I, I was
3: about to say, any Ultraman that uses nunchaku is number one. Oh, for sure.
4: Alpha Edge's design is just so good. I love it. And apparently, it's been a while since there has been a blue base form Ultraman. Um, yeah, since, so that's interesting. Since Cosmos, yeah.
1: As far as main, so we're not gonna mention blue. Oh shoot, Rube. Yeah, yeah come on, that's only two years ago. And that's also one of my favorite Ultraman. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I ultimately Ultraman Z is a fun show to watch. I'm enjoying it still. Yeah, yeah, it's
4: fun. I like the fact that they made his current most powerful form based on um you know, the trio from Jeed. You got you got uh you, they they give him zero what, what was it? It was it was Zero Beyond Jeed, and Belial Atrocious. Belial Atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> Belial.
1: Uh, the first time they showed that he did the transformation and the Belial one wouldn't get, go into the changer and it was like a magnet kind of thing. I yeah. just love how uh-huh. much he struggled to get
4: always always with belial just trying to throw a wrench in things i just
3: i i appreciate it's the beauty of tokusatsu when you have the the belial claw there and you can tell it's the actor just moving it around to make it look like it's talking yeah but in my head i just hit mute and i make it go
4: Look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Like it's just, it's
3: just puppetry, sheer puppetry.
4: There is, I mean, there's, there's a video I saw from in the fandom. Someone had taken the uh, the belly of rock, and was making its mouth move. It was he was making it sing the theme song, like the opening by Misaki Endo. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. It's a real, that pretty, it's a real good one. Yeah. Um. um
1: should we move on to Saber?
4: Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't yeah. really have that much else to say about Z. Just yeah. it's 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 fun. It's, it's enjoyable. Fun. If you it's like with Kira Major, if you like the characters, you will like the show. Don't go to it for overarching plot.
1: Pretty much. All right, so uh, let's go on to our last show, which is *Kamen Rider Saber*. Um, and this is technically the first. Uh, I think it's the first tokusatsu show that's started production during pandemic i think if i'm not mistaken i think every other, yes. sh- every other show has had like at least a bit of it was made before everything shut down uh-huh. um right and it shows <laughs> in common Writer saber even though they, they do tell that you know they're using new technology with like you know unreal engine to do all these like cg backgrounds and all that kind of stuff um I stopped watching after episode four, so you guys are gonna have to tell me how the show is. But personally, I didn't like it.
4: Well, I just caught up on a, on like everything from episode five on, so I, mean, I got you. There's
2: there's not a, at least from my perspective, there's not a whole lot to catch you up on because. Okay. Well, at least, I mean, I'm sure some people will say, because a lot of stuff has happened, sure, but it's a right. lot of stuff that there's no real explanation for, and that I'm having a hard time understanding myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, if even if I explained it to you, I feel like you would be just as confused as me, because <laughs> while while we're getting told things, we're not, I, I feel like getting the full, like the they're not explaining it fully, so right. we're not getting the full picture, so it's it more difficult to understand maybe i'm maybe i'm an outlier but that's just how i've been no
4: no feeling. see the way i see it is they're laying a lot of groundwork but they're doing it there's so there's too much groundwork to lay because they have so many characters and they're trying to explain where they all come from and they're trying to explain what the sword of logos is and what the villains want and uh, they, they introduced a power-up
2: <laughs> they're not doing a whole lot of explaining that I have no idea what the villains' motivations are or what they do. All I know is that they stand in a room and watch a disembodied arm write. Um, is that
3: thing still writing? It's still... Well, it just wrote something.
2: It, it finished oh, writing it something, and it created a a, a, a toy.
4: Jowl dragon.
2: It created a thick with two C's book yeah. that's gonna be yes. a toy.
4: <laughs> yeah, Caliber's getting a power-up, it seems. Okay, so,
3: um... What's... Overall, here's what we're looking at with Saber to try to – not to go over it like bit by bit, but just to see what we're dealing with here. Yes, it's the first one that we we got that had to start pre-production during the pandemic. As such, we've got a show on our hands that has a lot of emphasis, at least for the first six or seven episodes, uh, on CG backgrounds and CG characters. Now, what is going in its favor – is that this is the first series where we're seeing the use of the Dragon Engine, a game engine, to render all of these uh, background characters, the backgrounds, the characters, so it actually looks the best it ever has. The problem with that... I thought they were using Unreal. Or no, I'm sorry. I, I say Dragon Engine because I'm playing a lot of uh, of Yakuza Like a Dragon right now. <laughs> uh, you're right. Oh, you're, I, see I stand it. corrected. Thank you. Uh, the Unreal Engine.
2: Josh, it's okay. I bought six Yakuza games yesterday. <laughs>
3: Holy I respect crap. that decision so much. Where? I have so much respect for you.
2: I bought the remastered collection th- I did this totally unintentionally. I bought the remastered collection at Best Buy yesterday. And then while I was looking on the PS Plus or the PS Store, I saw that 6 was on sale for $8. So, yes, I'm going to buy oh. it.
5: Mm-hmm. And
2: then Judgment was 20. So, yep. now I'm just, we're just going to get all caught up and then I'm going to buy like a dragon whenever I finish all these games. <laughs>
1: I'm halfway through Judgment. I think I'm halfway through Judgment. Oh, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to
3: spend some time talking about that
1: afterward. Because yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend
3: see. another year and a half talking about it. Yeah, Point yeah, yeah. Do it same. Okay. Do it same. So so using the Unreal Engine, uh, the characters look way better than they ever have. Uh, and that's evidence there in the uh, ending sequence when you see uh, Saber just flipping his sword around like you, like you do. The problem is the integration of when you're having... A Unreal Engine-generated background with characters on a green screen, it looks really obvious. And the yeah. problem there is it doesn't it doesn't blend well. On top of that, uh, yes, like everybody else is mentioning, we've got six writers already before uh, this episode that just aired today. We're only at episode 11. We've almost got as many writers as we do episodes. That's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. And if you count Caliber, that's seven.
2: Yeah.
4: And then we have villains to learn. Yeah, that too. Uh,
2: I feel like what's happened is that in the first couple of episodes, they were trying really hard to push out all these characters and introductions so that we could get all the mm. books out and stuff. And, you know, obviously that's that's pretty standard for a writer series. You know, you're going to have pretty hard toy pushing in the first, you know, 10 or so episodes. The first right. quarter, but yeah. What I think is happening is that we're, one, we're losing airtime with the ending, which I will not dock the ending because I actually like the ending and I like the I love the, theme the ending. I, I think it's really cute. Um, but then also the the point of that, due to the pandemic, and this is another thing that you know feeds into that it's the first show to start with the pandemic going on, is that right. you don't have a, vil- a a victim of the week anymore. You don't have a, a civilian that you can focus on. Uh, So instead, they're focusing on the characters and they're focusing so much on the plot and trying to go at such a breakneck pace that we're just we're losing all of the all of the context and the and the personalities of the characters in a sense to where we don't really know who they are. And Mm -hmm. now we're in these kinds of episodes where they're being written as if they're in their mid 20s. And like we already know everything about all these characters to where we're supposed to empathize, empathize and feel for them. But I still just learned about this ninja kid, like, two episodes ago. And all I know is that he's annoying and I don't like him. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I love his suit. Like, I, I agree with you on all of that. What about his double sword? Yeah.
4: His double sword is real cool.
3: Uh, <laughs> like, it, it, it's the it's the sad thing about it. Like, even though they had to start during lockdown or pandemic having to write this, it's so weird that this is the first writer series where I can say you're only maybe a dozen episodes in and even if you watched all 12 episodes you still feel like you missed something because that's yeah. how the writing comes across i'm yeah.
2: constantly second guessing myself on what i know
3: i know and it, it's weird like you have to go back and rewatch which may or may not be a good thing depending on how you look at things but uh i feel like we haven't spent the right kind of focus on uh on toma getting to know him as a person like maybe we did in the first exactly. episode and a half yeah and then from there it was just new writer new writer new writer new writer and it's like oh my god wait 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 wait, wait. hold on hold on hold on I'm, I'm still getting used to the first guy who
4: are all these other people yeah compared to everyone else toma feels very like typical like he almost blends in because he doesn't stick out as much as the others do and the the
2: the motivator that he supposedly is supposed to have, which is this amnesia, it, it baffles me a little bit because the, like like how Josh said, you kind of have to like step back and think if something's been explained or not. I, I had to turn to my boyfriend and say, has, has it been explained? Why? No. Like everybody knows that Toma has amnesia and everybody knows what Toma is amnesia, like what he's forgetting, what he doesn't remember, but nobody's telling it to him. They're all just like, oh, yeah, you got amnesia. That shit sucks, bro.
4: Like. <laughs> I th- well, the way I read that is that they're treating it as <laughs> the way I read that uh the way I read that is the way they're treating it is um they're they're treating it like if he finds out, then he will be in pain in some way. we don't know what way, but they're they're treating it like a bad thing for him to find out, and they're just dreading the moment where they finally have to explain it all to him, um,
3: but that's a lot of weight they're having to put
4: on that reveal
3: though, and part of me is worried that the reason why they've been holding out this far is... I don't think they're going to keep it a secret for much longer. Maybe another three episodes. My worry is because of the way they've been treating it so far... is that they the writers don't know what it is yet. They just yeah. knew that's where they were going to start. But they didn't know where to go.
4: I mean, it's what we do know... is that it's got something to do with the fact that this girl he was friends with as a child got whisked away into what I assume is Wonderworld. Right. Um, but we don't know who she was to him or why it's so terrible for him to find out about her. We don't know what role she plays in the show. Which
3: leads me to believe that it may be like a sister he can't remember because that would be the only way that weight would mean anything. Yeah. So, I don't, that, that's just speculation on my part entirely. Beyond that, um, we can't even hardly focus on that because then we're also having to deal with one writer who's got issues with powering up and being able to understand why did my father betray us, and another one being like, well, I'm going to be a good dad, and this other one being like, I'm really quiet, but then I'm really let, like, you're being thrown all of this stuff and it's just kind of being thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. take it or leave it whether or not you enjoy it. Uh, I can say that there's things I both do enjoy and don't enjoy about this one. Um, I just wish there was more of a balance with the time that we did have among uh, even the bad guys, even among Storius and Zous and Legiel. Like, I don't feel like I know them. I feel like it's the same guy three times.
2: Congrats for actually yeah. knowing their names because that's the first time I've heard any of their names, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, d- I couldn't even have told you what their names were. I just know who Caliber is and I know that he's the guy who was in Fives. Um
1: Yeah. Oh, that's him.
2: Yeah, he's the um the other orphanock that was with uh, oh,
1: Kiba. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I don't know that I've said this on podcast. I I think uh Katie might agree with me on this. Like as far as leading actresses go, we've had some really great ones in the past couple of years uh, as far as the heroine of the series. But May. I know where you're
2: going with this. Oh I didn't God. think yeah.
3: you could have somebody so damn annoying more than Akiko. And I like Akiko. But May?
4: Akiko contributes something,
2: though. Akiko was tied to the story in that her dad was the was the owner of Nurumi Detective Agency. Right. She had a reason to be there, and yes, May is the editor or whatever for or the proofreader for Toma's work. But I, I literally for a while there, there was no line that she spoke in an episode where she did not scream it.
3: Yeah, what she brings
4: to the episode is volume.
2: <laughs> there's no, there's no need for that. There's just not.
4: Here's, here's here's the difference between Mei and Akiko, in my opinion. Akiko, what, she, like, helped push the rider stuff along in certain ways In sometimes. Like, she actually contributed to the team. Mei is just that annoying friend who hangs out with you guys, and she, she just wants to be included. And they're finding some ways to include her now, but it feels it's forced. still, like, she doesn't fit. It does
3: feel forced, like... The way I feel about it compared to everybody else is that even we all know as fans, it's a kid's show. She's the only member of the cast who acts like is in the process of acting like she's on a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Everyone else takes themselves super seriously. And she's just there like, hi, I'm here. I want to do things. She's like, ah, woo, yee.
2: It's a real step down from Izu.
4: Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Like, Izu was just... I don't think I've known anybody who's actually
4: disliked Izu. There's a reason why the death of Izu was so painful.
1: Yeah. Um. Has there been any explanation of who the dude is at the beginning
4: who does the recaps? Tassel? Oh, t- no, we're getting to that. We're getting to he's that. Getting he's, he's
2: getting creepery. At creepier. the end of
4: last episode, he was like, okay. oh, now it's time for me to meet you. And and but he gets he gets like super dramatic out of nowhere and it was kind of weird. Like
2: the lights change and his eyes get really dark. It's it's bizarre. They're
4: finally going to address it pretty soon. I feel like he's. I feel like it's going to be a DJ Sagara type situation. Perhaps that's a good parallel. But DJ Sagara is actually fun to watch. Funny, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, granted, we haven't actually seen what... Apparently, they're hinting that Tassel has a darker side. I uh, I don't know.
2: I mean, nobody I dresses like that of their own volition without some problems,
4: I <laughs> I, I would agree to that. Um, you know, that's fair.
2: But it makes me wonder how... It makes me wonder why... Like, what is up ahead that's making them go at such a breakneck pace? Like, why are you rushing so much now? What are you trying to fit in down the line?
4: I mean honestly getting to the end of last week's episode it kind of made me feel like okay maybe now the show is about to hit the stride cuz now we just got the reveal that the that Caliber isn't actually Espada's dad it's actually the previous saber and that makes me feel like we're about to go into some more intense story territory that may, that maybe is about to slow down and find its footing and I was and, – and being that I realized we got to that point, it kind of made me feel like, well, may, well maybe this was just the result of it being the first batch of, of episodes. Maybe, maybe this is just because it's the beginning of the show and they had to squeeze in all the toys. Um, but even then, you know, you look at a show like Zero One – and they introduced their characters in a much more natural way and with much better pacing. Like, when, when Zero-One started, I didn't like Episode 1 very much because it felt very typical for a writer. Like, it didn't feel like anything particularly special. Episode 2 completely changed that for me. and I And from Episode 2 on, I was hooked. And they were doing really interesting things with their characters, and I could follow it easily— Sabre does feel like a, like a whirlwind of stuff happening all the time. Well, I think the difference there being,
3: I think is zero one is best taken as episode one and two being the pilot for that series. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you need yeah. to watch well, them back to really get a grasp of, okay, this is everything that we've got in 45 minutes, and this is what you need to carry you forward. Whereas right. Sabre, and I think uh, I talked with uh, your boyfriend about this on on Twitter. My, my not so much concern, but my idea for Saber is that because we're in the really hard toy push right now before we hit December and before we hit Christmas, at the end of the day, Saber doesn't have to be good. It just has to be good enough because whatever comes afterward, they're probably already planning because it's going to be the celebration of the 50th. Yeah. So whatever they do now only has to make enough money to fund what comes next.
2: You, you so make a I feel like they're
3: going, fast, they're going faster, maybe because they want to end faster, specifically for this one, because they've got something else coming down the pipeline that we don't even know about yet.
1: Also, I wonder if, you know, the loss of five episodes in Zero One kind of like put that fear in them. It's like, we don't know when stuff is going to lock down again. We need to like get through as much as we can just in case or something like that. It's possible.
2: I, I mean, what, Josh, you make a very good point because they do think that far ahead, you know, they, they've probably got, you know, the thing that comes after the thing that comes after Saber. They have probably got that name yeah. picked out already knowing Toei, but I mean, it, I do have to make an argument though, that I feel like that in general shouldn't be an excuse because
3: no, the last I, time I agree with we that. had
2: an anniversary or a uh, season before an anniversary series, it was Build. And, and build
3: is amazing.
2: True. Build is fucking amazing. So I feel like while that is very valid, and I think that should definitely be considered, it's not something that's gonna that's not a crutch.
4: I think.
3: No, yeah. it's yeah. it's not. I, I I I always say this with a lot of things. An explanation isn't an excuse.
4: Yep. Here's you. You know, I have. Here's how I wish they had done Saber in these in this first batch of episodes. I wish that they had taken their time to gradually introduce characters and plot points. And they can, and here's the thing, they got to sell the toys. I get it. But they can show the toys without put throwing too much at us. Like, they can show the other riders and maybe not have them transform and reveal themselves and interact with the main cast yet. They can. They can have toys pop up in the show and play some role without throwing too much information or um, too, too, too rapid information at us. I feel like they could have done that where it's like, okay, maybe for this first batch of episodes, maybe for like the first five or six episodes, in fact, we focus on uh, Saber, uh, Blades, and Espada. And then over the next several episodes, you know, you get, you see all the other knights, but they don't reveal themselves yet. It's almost like they have to, They have to warm up to the new Saber. Almost like a rite of passage. They could have done that. Um, And they still could have shown all the toys. And the suits. And it could have been fine. And I think that that would have had a much better result. But here we are. We have everyone. We know their... We're told their names. That's up in the air whether or not we actually know their names. uh, On a person-by-person basis. But... Yeah, I don't know. Just the opening feels like a lot. And I'm going to stick with it because, honestly, I really love the theming. I love the premise. I bought a Seiken sword driver, which apparently was a mistake because they have just so many books to collect. And you have to get a different transformation device to get each one. And that's so expensive. But that's how they get you.
2: That is how they get <laughs> I you.
4: I know. I, I I know. In the past, it was almost like they would release weapons, and a few of them maybe would have an extra transformation device or whatever. But now, all of the to get every single book, you have to get a million different transformation devices, and it's it hurts. Having
3: me spoken with a representative from Team Rider who spoke with Toei, Toei absolutely figured out, and it's clear in their marketing that where they make the money isn't so much the main belt because. Once they've sold the bulk of the main belts, that's as far as that goes. The money's in the peripherals. Yep. So they know the way they're going to get you is to make you buy that progrise key, make you buy that gacha shot, make you buy that wonder ride book. Like why do that's where they, they get you. they
2: had anniversary versions of all of the things, like everything. That's why you got you've got a V3 Loxy and you've got a V3 you've got it's they make money. They make money.
4: Yeah. That but that's that's the thing is like I would be okay with collecting the books if I could just buy the books, but no, I have to spend eighty bucks to get the the entire double sword. This is why you wait for the aftermarket, man. You gotta
2: you wait, wait for yep. people to yeah. take them apart. I mean, as far as watching Saber continuously, I I I sat through all of Ghost as it aired, and I feel like while well, that did you know reward in some a few things and a very few good plot points. I, I, mm-hmm. I think my my life is at a different point now, and I love myself too much to put myself through that same kind of struggle. So if it does not right. improve, I feel like I'm probably going to drop it until somebody tells me that it gets better. And if it doesn't, then that really sucks. But we unfortunately can't always have really good writer seasons. So if this year's a dud, then this yeah. year's a dud.
4: I feel a little differently about that just cuz Ghost whereas whereas go I didn't like Ghost's story. So like but if if has got a good story with bad pacing, I can probably uh enjoy that in the end. But
2: is it worth it if you can't understand the story because of the pacing? Mm.
4: I I think it's the difference
3: uh that really it's an inverse of Ghost is what we're dealing with even now with only almost 12 episodes or 11 episodes is that Ghost only had about 20 episodes of plot stretched over about 50 episodes. Here, it feels like we've gotten 30 episodes of plot dumped into 10 episodes. It does. With an
2: opening and an ending at the end of it.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> with with uh, the added addition of an ending theme, which I get the decision initially, if we're having to limit how long our actors are on set together, yeah. the easiest way to make up for time is to add an ending theme back into the show. And also like stock transformations. And stock transformations, that too. And mind you, I really like these themes. Uh so that's less of a problem, but at the same time, was it the best decision in the long run if the story and the storytelling suffer?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda of in the same boat as uh as Katie. I but I gave up way sooner. <laughs> I didn't have the I didn't have the 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 will to keep going on it. I would just like I can't do it. I'm, I think I'll just burn out. I'm just like I can't go with another bad show, so I'm just like I'm gonna go backwards and watch something else. And if someone, if someone says, I mean, that's kind of what happened with Geo. I and I stopped watching that for a long time, and then people started saying, "Oh, it you picked know, back up again."
2: It, it got a little bit. They fixed a lot of prob- a lot of
1: problems. Kind of, yeah. But the, I was, was like, oh, you know, the Augito episode's really good. The Blade episodes are really good. So I started watching stuff from writers that were coming in based off of that. And I was like, oh, okay. Then the final arc was like, oh, that's interesting. I still don't like anybody in the show. but
3: It's basically the, the way it works with some of these series, especially over the last couple of years with Geo with uh, Zero One. You have to have somebody stick around to be like, okay, I'm going to sit through these five to eight episodes. You need to sit out and then when yeah. it's all clear i'll tell you to come back yeah. it was like that in geo with the early 20s it was like that in zero one with that uh competition Tournament. arc and yeah it may be going on now in in saber we don't know yet
1: so katie and i are going to be relying on youtube to tell us if we should continue this show <laughs>
4: I mean, kind of you mind. also probably won't. It, it, don't don't take my word for it, because apparently we have different approaches to these sorts of things. <laughs> that's pretty good.
2: We're all Toku fans together. It's
1: fine. We're, yeah, so everybody has different tastes, but we all love the same things.
2: We all we oh, all like sure. what makes Common Writer Common Writer, and that's why we're all here.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm rooting for it. I hope that it picks up, and I hope it gets better.
4: I hope I get the books. Yeah, I mean, I, I I
1: hope the show improves. I hope they figure out what's going on uh, for all of our benefits.
3: Mm-hmm. I'll I'll say this just based off a design standpoint. It's the first writer in a long time where episode one started, and I already quite literally had the figure in my hand because I was such a fan <laughs> of the design. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
4: I do love the design sense. Like you have a few writers who use different systems than the main three. Um, but the main three are fairly consistent in how their design language works, Mm -hmm. where you've got the three slots that correspond to the three sides of the body, um, the left and right arms and then the middle torso. And it's, it's almost like, like another new take on the double and build thing, which is really interesting to me. But what's, what's especially interesting to me is the fact that if you look at the books, and you compare how all of the art is done. They're done in a way that if you line up the pictures, it all makes sense. Like, you'll have consistent. the writer's face in the middle book and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one arm on the on the other book. And it's it's really cool how they've done that. Wait, who's the third writer? Oh, Espada. The gold one.
2: The Aladdin guy. Wait,
4: it's not... It's not the big
2: dude? It's not the dad. The dad's four. Uh, well,
4: okay, technically he was the third... He was technically the third writer introduced, but uh, the... But Buster does not use the Saiyan sword driver. Mind you, as I does. love
3: Buster's overall aesthetic. I like the big, yeah. strong weapon writer, right? And I can't wait to get his Soto.
1: The book looks ridiculous when it goes into his sword, though. It,
3: it doesn't. It, it's not <laughs> sized right.
2: I, I question a lot about the book's designs and and what goes into them. And I know that yeah. the obvious laughing point is the Hansel nuts to Gretel whole debacle.
3: <laughs> Look, we they they think certain English sounds good to them. That's all that's I know all it
2: is. and I know that I'm sure it <laughs> sounds fine and it I just it's it's <laughs> one of those things that you just kind of have to shake your head and you're like that would only happen in a common writer series. of
4: course. Mm-hmm. True. I think I mean that's also like a weird quirk of they're using the English names um, but they're using the Japanese uh, particle. But then also, apparently, Hansel Nuts is just a thing that they add to the name in their version of the story. I think, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I've heard. And so that's just, I don't know, it's a weird quirk of how they refer to the title. The I good guess.
2: news is is that the suit that it makes is pretty cool and kind of makes up for that fact. Oh, yeah. That's probably the coolest suit that I've seen so far.
4: Slash, right?
1: Slash, um, yeah. Yeah. Is that the one that's, like, black and pink and... Yes.
2: The thing that everyone's attached to right now is the fact that his personality does a change when he does one of his power-ups. Yeah,
4: Yeah, when he uses the music book. Um, Based off the Town musicians. What I've heard about Slash is that, supposedly, he is a Guns N' Roses reference, because his name is Slash like a sword Slash, but... He uses a—his sword, his sword's name is, like, the Sound Sword or whatever they call it. Um, and he uses a music-themed book, and his sword is a gun. And so, because he's Slash, Guns and Roses, and music, it, it's, it's very thematic. I don't That's know. Maybe it's a stretch.
1: I think it's a stretch.
2: <laughs> I don't know! I mean, Is I, this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Do we have
4: musical—
1: uh, <laughs> references like that in comic
4: writer now or speedwagon. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it, it can happen. Sometimes I mean, look at Mega Man. Uh, they, they, there was one of those games that had um, references, and I'm, I'm at, at this point, I'm just lifting information from things that f- other f- Tokenet friends have told me. Mm. Uh, specifically, last night on a last night it was either last night or the night before on a voice chat. Um, but anyway, um, I actually wanted to briefly also mention that I personally feel like the ending theme of Saber, it would have been better as the opening I theme. I would actually agree to that.
2: I think that's a pretty common thought, yeah.
4: Because it's so upbeat and exciting, and by comparison, Almighty is, like, uh, less so. It's much more chill. I don't even remember
1: what the opening theme is. I remember you know, the ending theme. The
2: thing. Saber in your hand! Yeah, all you need the to know pin. is, goes, oh. Oh, you did.
5: Oh
4: it's like it's it's kind of ska <laughs> okay I can, okay I, it's I can. all ska oh
2: and he says me
4: right at the end <laughs> yeah
1: that one
2: <laughs> i low-key hate it
1: thanks you guys really helped me you guys really helped me figure that one out yeah i really appreciate I it i got you fam <laughs> <laughs> all right let's, let's uh this is a long one so let's end it that's 2020 2020 very interesting year in many respects Tokusatsu-wise, in my opinion, I think it's a mixed bag. But we've had some gems in there, we've had some cool stuff happen.
3: It's a bag with a lot of belts in it.
2: <laughs> we, we got some great strides in terms of localization and some very promising yep. aspects on what that will look like in the future. But I think it was definitely, yeah. in terms of like the shows that were put out, definitely mixed bag.
1: Yeah. But I'm I'm very hopeful for what's going to be in the future for Tokusatsu in, uh, outside of Japan. Me
5: too. Oh
4: yeah. yeah. I fe- I feel really good about all of these shows, honestly. I like Saber, is the only one that's maybe hit or miss for me. I've been enjoying everything else. Yeah. And I think that 2020 overall has been a very successful year for Tokusatsu. It's a great year to be a Tokusatsu fan. I think that's true.
2: The thing that we're gonna be looking at the most is how Toei is gonna handle the fiftieth the fiftieth anniversary of *Common Rider*. Oh and yeah. And then, um, yeah. you know, in tandem with that, it will be the forty fifth for *Sentai*, so we have that to look forward to as well. Um, That's so true. we we'll, we'll, we'll see what twenty twenty one holds for the tokusatsu genre. Yeah,
1: there's also as far as like. Kaiju stuff. I mean, we may have some Kaiju movies next year. Who knows?
3: Who knows? Oh next yeah, I don't year... know what's going on with Godzilla versus. Kong. Yeah, we may get that next year. Who knows? We
1: may get that next year. I mean, there's still the whole Shin Ultraman thing. I was about to say, when is Shin be be coming out? Do
2: we have a date for
1: that? No
4: idea. I thought we had a date.
2: It's in Hidekiana's head somewhere.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I, I have a there. resolution, a, a Toku New Year's resolution to. Write a review every month. Like watch watch a new show every month. Write a review for it. Good luck. And Godspeed Good on luck. that. Good luck. Th- thanks. <laughs> I can If I it. if I can do it like every two months, that'll be a success. Honestly,
1: if I could finish a show in half a year, that's a success for me.
4: Dude, same. <laughs> it takes I mean, I so finished Book Hydra in two weeks when I first watched that. Yeah, but
2: I I have like a job and stuff, and it's really hard for me to sit down and like dedicate time to watching. Guns. Yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah, I feel that easy access of like Z on YouTube is so nice is because it's easy to find. It's just there. there. You don't have to rely on downloading things or anything like that. It's just there.
1: It's very easy to get. So yeah, thank you guys for joining me for this very long episode. It was very fun though. Gotten a few arguments. It's great.
2: I feel like it was a lot like 2020 in a way. It was long. We had some very interesting things happen. And we've all come out of this changed people.
3: Yes. For the better (laughs) or for the worse, we don't know yet.
1: We'll feel the effects for years.
4: You know what? You summed it up the best,
1: (laughs) I think. Specifically this podcast. We'll feel the effects of this podcast for generations to come. Yes, I agree. (laughs) <laughs>
4: oh, I hope not.
1: Oh man! All right. So, uh, so we'll guys see you guys in the next episode of the podcast. Uh, for now, have a good night or day or whatever. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Matt. Everybody. <laughs> Bye.
0: The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. Your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcasts, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thetokunet, where if you're at the rider tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com.